Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello. Welcome to episode 18 of Brighton Rock. Hello, Peter. Hello, Russ. We, we were just discussing how uh, it's been a, a rousing success this uh, launch of the podcast. Since we've launched, Brighton yeah. have failed to win a game, oh, and we're now facing the end of the world. So, uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, swimmingly, isn't it? So, I at say. least we've discounted potentially all of our defeats that we've had since then, by potentially ending the league anyway, more of which we'll come to later on. It's been absolutely sensational, hasn't it? It um, has. What could have gone better, really? Twenty twenty's been quite the year so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been I've been looking through the um, we've had uh, the buzzwords, and we've had A for austerity, B for Brexit, C for Corona. I wonder what um, coronavirus, obviously not the beers. Uh, I wonder what D will be. Hopefully not death. Uh, <laughs> hopefully not the death of the podcast. Uh, that all depends if we survive this horrendous virus. But we'll see what happens. Um, yes, of course, we're talking about the coronavirus, COVID-19. This is Footy Goes Viral Part 2. Mm. The previous episode was me talking to Josh and Amir from the States about uh, their views on the matter. Um, this is the follow-up, really. We'll go into a bit more detail, and we'll probably ramble in far more nonsensical terms than we've ever done before. Um, <laughs> That's quite a challenge. Which is quite a challenge, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just a quick summary of what's happened. I mean, coronavirus, which quite rapidly then also got referred to as COVID-19. Why do we have to have two names for these things, by the way? It's very complicated. I don't know which one to choose. Sounds a bit like CR7, doesn't it, really? <laughs> yes, that's equally un- <laughs> un- objectionable as well, isn't it? <laughs> um, anyway, COVID-19 permeated the globe for via China a few weeks ago, taking in, um, well, particular hold in Italy, of course, where it's really centred from in, in the European sense, intercontinental cup ties, um, that started to get placed behind closed doors in yeah. some places they were cancelled I'm just glad they don't have the Anglo-Italian Cup these days I know, can you imagine <laughs> but things really took a turn didn't they when we had Olympiakos and forest owner Evangelos Marianakos I think that's how he Marianakos I think he got the virus he was probably the first prominent mm. football name that we heard about anyway that had got it um, owner of as I said Olympiakos and forest his side, or Olympiakos, anyway, faced Arsenal in the Europa League, 
which may or may not have led to the Arteta scenario mm. that subsequently uh, prevailed later. Um, the Gunners self-isolated um, their trip to Man City, subsequently um, becoming Premier League's first victim. The self-isolation, oops, I've just lost my notes for a second. <laughs> Pause for a second there. The self-isolation um, was due to end in time for Friday's training, uh, but on Thursday it was announced that Arteta had tested positive. Albion's game on the Saturday of that week then, subsequently against the North Londoners, was postponed. Swiftly followed by the rest of the English Pro Leagues, with the number of cases and symptoms being uh, made public, the Premier League's decision came after a telephone conference meeting where the decision to suspend all Premier League games until the end of the first week end of April was made. EFL uh, very rapidly followed suit. Um, and now the National League have as well, finally. Ah, right. So this apparently. Is this breaking news? Uh, relatively breaking, relatively yeah, apparently this yeah, afternoon. Yeah. Or okay. Yeah, so National League as well, who did attempt to get some games on. I think they got about They got half. about five, yeah. Well, and having the Conference North and South. Yeah, so I think it's half of the Prem now North and South yeah. as, a, as a collective, wasn't it? Um, they're last to rob for a, for, for a while, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, just, just having a look. Yeah, National League suspends season due to coronavirus outbreak. Um, again, it's the same timeline for now as the EFL and the Premier yeah. League. Yeah. But I'd um, be very surprised if there yeah, that timeline's adhered to. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think we all know in all cases it's going to go on longer than that, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, a huge range of football and wider sporting events have been cancelled as this story developed. Um, some non-league games, as we said, uh, did make it for the weekend, which was on Saturday, which is the 14th of March, just to reference the date. And a number of um, postponed for COVID-related related reasons and doubts remain as to whether the non-league season will last the course. Well, we all know that's now in line with the, yeah. uh, with the league. Um, just to give a wider scope on the Europe situation. Games in Russia, Turkey and a handful of other countries did take place at the weekend. Turkey I think shut the borders pretty early and I think Russia have, have been um, in one way or another have been unaffected largely so far. So they're continuing as far as we know for now. That's the current situation there. I think those on the BBC the only ones on uh, games on Saturday were National League and those two and, those and two, maybe yeah. Greece and then Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Because Australia has had some cases. Yeah. I think a couple of sporting spectators have been reported one in rugby union, one in women's cricket. But, you know, it's, it's obviously going to permeate somewhere in there eventually. Um, there's a few things for the diary. Before we get into the main discussion, which, of course, is going to be what are the connotations, what do we do, how is this going to pan out? Which I imagine everyone's talking about from <laughs> exactly. just general life and also for football as well. Yeah. Who's so football. You, we appreciate you've probably heard these kind of conversations already, but we've got to get our two pennies worth in, haven't we, Peter? But just to quickly give the timeline for this week so far, we're recording this on our usual Monday night. We are in the pub. Cheers, Peter. Could this be the last one for a while? We'll see. Um, the Gladstone. The but don't worry, don't worry, listeners. We will try and do a Skype call or a call of some sort. Yep. We're not going to cancel the podcast, even if we can't meet up. So, <laughs> we'll you, so you still, all ten of you still get to listen to the podcast. We shall not be moved, <laughs> except possibly to the toilets on occasion. Uh, but anyway, um, this Tuesday, so tomorrow, um, as we as we record this, 
UEFA have got a meeting where surely, surely they're going to agree to postpone there's, there's literally no way they can't agree to exactly. that. I mean, exactly. the qualifiers are due to, the um, playoffs are due to be this week. Yeah. So, I mean, or next next week. So, honest, if without those, how can they confirm who's a team? And it's, it's the worst possible event for all this because they're travelling all over Europe. Yeah, I know. It's the worst time to have a roving competition. But it is also, in a way, the best time because I don't think they could have had it anywhere. No country's invested in loads of stadiums to host it. They're already existing stadiums. So, in a way, in some weird way, it actually is a better thing to have because yeah. I don't think even in any country they could have it. I think that's a very good point because, A, one country doesn't take the yeah. benefit. B, also, I'm not even sure, because it's... I think they're all the all, all current stadiums. Stadium, I don't yeah, think anyone's yeah. put any money into infrastructure exactly. or whatever, whereas normally they'll build at least one or two yeah. new grounds. So it's when, just about general log- yeah. logistics and planning. That's, that's so, I mean, I, over, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'd be very surprised that they don't move yeah. it to 2021. I mean, if, if that's all they're, they're meeting to talk about, they could have brought this forward, really, because yeah. it's so damn obvious. But anyway... But it is um, UEFA, so... Yeah, exactly. Who knows what they're thinking? <laughs> so, so the They might bring it forward <laughs> <laughs> to now. But the timeline is they're, they're meeting on... On Tuesday tomorrow, Wednesday the EFL meeting again for another emergency meeting, and Thursday the Premier League are meeting for an emergency meeting. Obviously the EFL and the Premier League, it's going to be about deciding, I presume, the next the next announcement, the next planning. Isn't it really crazy in a situation like this that they don't just meet together? Yeah. I, I mean, isn't it yeah. mad that they don't, I mean, the authorities don't just get together and have a mass meeting and have a, an agreement? Surely you can't go ahead with one and not the other. That's ridiculous. Do you think there might be part of it or all of, all of it on Thursday, the Premier League's one, may end up being that, maybe, but after the yeah. end, have had a separate it's just discussion. mad. About. You can't say, oh, oh, we're going to go ahead and yet, you know, we're going to cancel. I appreciate there's a lot of smaller grounds in the EFL, but there's also some really, really big ones. Mm. They can't go ahead and Premier League cancel or vice versa. Yeah, there's no way, and also, how do, if, if they go ahead and the Premier League cancel them or vice, or vice versa, who can go up to one and down to the other one because yeah. one's not finished? Is I, they, I, I guess we'll get into the connotations when we get into the, the bulk of the podcast in a minute, but I guess the, the main thing is the EFL are probably going to be meeting to discuss what their strategy and their, their various different projected ideas are, mm. but also they're probably having a contingency based on what then subsequently yeah. gets announced by the Premier League, and maybe they've got plans to try and engage in conversations and debates uh, as well. Who knows? But anyway, so Tuesday UEFA, Wednesday EFL, and Thursday Premier League, we'll see what happens. Anyway... Um, the big question, how is this going to play out? Obviously, the, the, the main answer is we have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> aside aside from that, what, what's, your, what's your take on things as, as, a, as it is? To stand up and say, initially, I will just say there is no right answer. Yeah. There's no, it is literally the least worst answer that they're going to have to go with. Yeah. Um, and going in conclusion, before we get yeah. to the point of concluding... We are surely going to conclude yeah. that this is an ongoing scenario. Yeah, we, and none of us know at the moment that what's going to whether we're going to be stuck indoors until. Yeah. For reference, we've just been told that people shouldn't go out to pubs and clubs yeah. and that sort yeah. of restaurants, and also that we've been told to work from home if you can, basically, yeah. which yeah. is what I will be doing for tomorrow. Yeah. So. So we've got no idea how this is going to pan out. But we don't know how long it will be, how long we can... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I don't think anyone does at the moment, which makes it very difficult to make a decision. I think they can probably call it off until mid-April because there's no way that they can carry on and that sort of thing. But I would say that, I mean, footballers surely count as non... You you can work from home. So I think all footballers should be told to stay at home. Hmm. You know, you you just don't... And whenever you start again, you have the two, three-week training period like you do pre-season 
maybe a couple of friendlies if you do start the season again even to get into it again because yeah this is the problem isn't it it's a, essentially it's a bigger winter break than yeah. we actually had already and it's the point where now everyone's in self-isolation yeah. everyone's got well, some um, teams are still training, I think, aren't they? Some teams are still actually... Yeah, in fact... But, I mean, football is surely coming to people who can just, you know, if they can do, like, fitness at home, but just don't go out, surely, if you can. Yeah, I mean, again, just mention, this is on the Monday we're talking here. This is the 16th, is it? March, I think, today. Yeah. Um, so, apparently today, two, two bits of info from Sky Sports News. Brighton, Burnley, um, I think it was Spurs... I can't remember the other two. Um, there's the five Premier League clubs have apparently come back to training at the moment. Um, there's also other clubs like Bournemouth who are in self-isolation. Eddie Howe was on Sky Sports News saying that they've all been given personalised uh, fitness programmes to try and do to the best of their ability at home. Which I think they do in the summer anyway, don't they? With, exactly, with, in yeah. their, they can't. They don't just go away and gorge themselves on fried food for, for eight weeks and do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they, they have their own... I well, mean, they, they probably... Anyway. <laughs> if they've got similar sort of things worked yeah. out for so, pre-season, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, so it's a glorified... Or, well, not glorified. A scaled-down version of that that they're yeah. doing. But it's difficult to monitor. You, you assume they're going to fulfil the criteria as best they're told yeah. to. But even then... You know, that's the pre-season yeah. stuff, that's not match shots. And that's pre-pre-season as well. Yeah. Then they do the fitness stuff for two yeah. weeks where they basically leg it, run around them. Yeah. And, they always, like two, they and then they have the two, three weeks of friendlies where they have to do... Yeah. And they always say when they come back to full football training that they feel the, the pitch, yeah. don't they, when they go into it. I think I was, I was saying to you earlier, I think there's only one possible fair solution, and that is having a league of 92, and we finish it when we can, and everyone plays each other once or whatever, and the top 20 teams play in the Premier League after that, the top 20, the next 24 play in the Championship. Well, it's the only possible way around it. Peter, that's a ridiculous idea. However, <laughs> my, my, I've got three theories, which I think will work much better. It would have been four, except for the, uh, the close proximity on one of them. Um, one of the theories is, uh, in fact, all the players now are mass and restart in three or four or five weeks' time. Um, that sounds great, doesn't it? Except it probably won't work, really. In reality, there's two problems with that. One, it sounds all too neat and tidy. People are not going to stick to things. I think one will be players won't allow that, probably, I imagine. There's, there's also that. There's also that. And now we've got uh, reports of reinfections in China and everything else. So 13%. Although we're, the government over here is still saying that that's not true. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well, like... fake news could be, could be, couldn't it? But, um, yeah, so I think my, my infect all the players thing may not be realistically possible. The other ones, which are clearly far more logical, far more doable, and they, there's no risk attached, is to either solve all of the outstanding fixtures here and now via games of FIFA or Subutio. It's simple as that. You can get players to, to play. Um, if you want to avoid the risk altogether with Subutio, yeah, let's play FIFA, no problem at all. Um, I just hope we've got some decent FIFA players at the Albion, uh, because there's not much to play for, is there? Only about £130 million pounds worth of risk. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> there we go. So, anyway, joking aside, what are the real options, Peter? So, to me, the option, the main option, and I think a lot of people, I, I know a lot of people disagree, disagree with this, is just avoid the season. I think it's... Would you do that now, just based on... No, not now. I would, I'd leave it now, um, and I'd see if there's any... They've got to, legally, I think, give every chance to complete the season. Yeah. So, if that involves them playing from April to... Or end of April to... If it blows over a bit quicker than expected to... To, you know, kind of June, July, and put the season start back to September or something like that... Then we've just got to do that and accept that. Yeah. Um, but I think that is the the alternative solutions just don't just don't work because if you give the title to Liverpool, then you've got to give promotion to other teams, and then you've got to give 
you know, and Leeds and West Brom, I think, do deserve it. I get it. But the next division down is so tight and with teams having so many different games played that it's just not viable. There'll be too many legal... I, I think the only one that doesn't involve a legal challenge or the, a successful legal challenge yeah. is void the season. Because then you can just say... You just say exceptional circumstances. circumstances. Even to Liverpool, yeah. I would yeah. say. And as much as they're obviously going to win the league... I would even say to just void it for Liverpool, and it's horrendously harsh and ridiculous. But you can imagine the meltdown. On oh, I could, yeah, absolutely. It would be horrendous, yeah. and I and I and I completely get where they're coming from. It would be ludicrous that they're so but far clear. But this titles. is. No, you haven't. You've done eighteen. But this is. But this is unprecedented circumstances. Exactly. And if you give them hug to Liverpool, then you've got to probably they, another team will say, "Well, why don't you give it to us?" Barrow say in a conference, and yeah. you know. And I think the the only possible option I think that won't get challenged in court and successfully. They'll all get challenged in court, but won't get challenged in court successfully, is to do that. And you say, look, we're basically starting again. Mm. So the European qualifiers, the top four from last year, qualify for Europe. So the same teams who went to Champions League last year, go or this, this season, go into it next season. You almost you ignore it, yeah. yeah. You void the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And I know there's people who... I've, I've seen people passionately disagree with this, mm. but I just don't see any other way that you can do it that's that's least unfair to people. You can't relegate teams, obviously, because, I mean, the way they're talking about it, your top two going up, all right, fair enough. With Liverpool winning the league, that's fine. Left with the top two in the, in the Championship winning it. Who do you then qualify for Champions League? If Chelsea are so tight for fourth with everyone else, who goes to Champions League? Which is obviously a big money spinner. You know, if you say Man City and Leicester are OK, but who goes fourth? Mm. You get big, because Chelsea are dropping, whereas, you know, United, for example, are on. They will challenge and probably win that. Hmm. And say, well, we could have easily caught up with them in League One. It's there's like three points separating eighth and second, and there's games in hand all over the place. Whoever comes, whoever's outside the playoffs or is in, yeah. could challenge that, and it probably will all win. Yeah. If you void the season and say it's exceptional circumstances, I think the courts will look at it and go, like, look, there's nothing you can do. Hmm. There's no other way you can do it. It will be okay. You you have to accept it. Yeah, I mean, just just a few points on that. First of all, uh, there was a lawyer on Sky Sports News who was who was pretty much saying the same thing you did. So you know, the the officials in that field are suggesting that's probably the only solution mm. if it's needed. Um, I mean, it's horrendous. I say so. It's no right answer. It is horrendously yeah. harsh. It's ridiculous. Liverpool ridiculous on the likes of West Brom, Leeds, Barrow in the conference, that sort of thing. Yeah, Liverpool and Coventry are doing so well in League, yeah. League One. Leicester, of course, who wouldn't qualify for the Champions League, having done so well this yeah. season. And that would have been for only the second time yeah. in history. Leicester. So I mean, yeah. it, it is a terrible yeah. solution, but it's the yeah. least terrible solution. I mean, it is a logistical nightmare. I think I think it's universally agreed yeah. by everyone. Yeah, all of, my main theory is I'm very glad I'm not involved in it. Exactly. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I would not envy yeah. anybody doing this. I mean, obviously, I think overwhelmingly, again, this is the general consensus is. I think most people, it sounds like you and I agreed on this, that if it's possible, oh, yeah, absolutely. we should still continue the season later, when it's possible to do, even if it means delays at the start of the new season, Euro 2020, World Cup 22, which will be in January 22 yeah. as it stands. I can't see that happening, we'll get into that. And is, is there a way, I mean, even if there's a way of like maybe making it starting again in August, coming pre-season in July if we're allowed out yeah, from June... Yeah. Finishing it August to November, having then a break till January, and then doing a one-game season. You yeah. play each other once I mean, I, I, next I, season, I, I, and that's the way. Of, it, that could be a fairer way of doing it. Yeah, possibly. I, mean, I was going to say there's unresolved cup scenarios to deal with. I, I don't think the cup. I think the cups out in this context, the cups I, I are irrelevant. Cups do get written off here. I think yeah. there's a scenario where the season could continue at a later point. But the cups yeah. are avoided, and maybe you and you then say one game per one game yeah. against other teams. Yeah. 
and you end up maybe somehow ending up with one less home game or one less away game per season. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things about the Cups. I mean, first of all, that's more voidable easily yeah. because nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. It's completely 50-50 between any two teams. It's a bit of a kick in the teeth, for example, for Atalanta who just, and course, Leipzig yeah. who've just qualified for the quarterfinals for the first time. Yeah. And if they faced each other, one of them would be semi-finals yeah. for the first. In a way, you could argue the randomness of a Cup competition. The reason Liverpool are out of that Cup, uh, the Champions League, is because of the randomness of the competition. Mm. On any other day, they'd probably get through they played really well in that semi-final second leg, yet still didn't didn't get through on the, the way it's gone on a single yeah. match. In a way, you could say it's almost like a single match. A coronavirus pops up and it just throws things out. One bit of bad luck, effectively, yeah. sort of for Atalanta. That would be harsh, but again, I think that's an understandable one. I feel sorry for the bloke who just scored four for Atalanta in the Champions League and then probably going to get discounted yeah, now. Ilicic. Ilicic, yeah. yeah. And it's a good player he looks too. So, so I think there's a few few connotations with that which obviously you have to take into account yeah. I do think I mean I was chatting with Sam downstairs at the bar just when I got these latest beers in lovely jubbly um, and uh, I was saying to him I would be in favour up to a certain point of having quite an extremity um, scenario with these um, with, with the delays of the season so at the moment we're talking April is unrealistic maybe it goes into May maybe it goes into June July We've got no idea how far... If you go that far, you've got to have a, a, a month of pre-season as well, I think, yeah, even for a exactly, half season, exactly. I think. But I think I would actually be in favour of anything up to a five-year plan to realign yeah. things. Well, like, I mean, you could go... Far I would go... You literally could even season. go with, as I was saying, like, up to November, they play this season if it needs to be, or yeah, up to... Well, and then, November. And then, yeah. or just fill it by early November, have a month break, yeah. a month of pre-season in December, and then start in January with a half season... Yeah. To, to realign you it. You could even set it into two. I don't know, just rank it into two two sets of um, divisions where you have yeah. ten, or well, you have five good, five bad. Like in Scotland or something like that. Something like that. It's, it's extreme measures, yeah. but it's possible. But well, I wonder if... Just align it gradually, yeah. so you, you pull back a month or two. The other, the other big fly in the ointment at some point is A, an extra Euros in 2021, but also then... The fact that the World Cup will be in November in a year, couple of years' time. Do you realign the European League to fit with that for now and then de-align it afterwards? Well, I think if you're talking about a delay that's long enough that you can't just make some adjustments and realign it over, say, yeah. a three or four year period, if it's more, if it's as bad as that or worse, yeah. I think you've, you've got the right to then say, right, yeah. Euro, Euro 2020 doesn't exist. Euro 2024 is what we would have had yeah. in 2020. And it goes again with whatever the next plan tournament yeah. is, yeah, four years later, and the same with the World Cup. So I'm, I'm totally and utterly repulsed by Qatar getting it uh, for various reasons we won't get into. I'm a massive dissenter about oh, FIFA absolutely, yeah. and everything else. However, I was pretty they, pissed off about Russia, but at least they've got a football yeah, history. They clearly yeah. involved in certain tactics that weren't legal. Yeah, we say? Qatar yeah. certainly were, and also yeah. promised to do a World Cup in the summer. However, we're fairer than they are. I think they built stadiums. It's, it's horrendous if you didn't allow them to have it at this stage. So fine, have it. But I, I would be in favour if things go too far into the year for the delay of this season to carry on having this season towards the end of the year and cancel Euro 2020, mm. have it four years later, cancel the World Cup and have it four years later. Because that would take away a lot of the problems that would otherwise um, permeate. What, what do you think about that, Peter? Yeah, no, I think that we can... The longer we... I think 
it's a much fairer way than saying end of the season now and saying anything, anything stands. I don't see any way they can do that. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two options, that they find a way of finishing this season and carrying on or whatever, that sort of thing. Even if it means a shortened season. I mean, in a way, does it matter if they agree, if everyone in the Premier League agrees that they'll play a half season, mm-hmm. then they, teams can get promotion relegated next season with a 19-game or 18-game season. Yeah, clubs will lose income, but at least they get the kind of... You know, kind of, you can cut your season ticket price, that yeah. sort of thing. The issue then is for teams in the lower leagues; they're the ones who will possibly. And this is where I think the the, the money in the Premier League is going to, compared to lower leagues, is going to become a really obvious thing. Mm. The impact on some lower league clubs. So yeah. I I've, I would say if I was if I was Accrington Stanley, for example, who I you know for example as a club that maybe kind of doesn't have the much income wise outside of the games, I would say finish the season now. Don't have any sort of season. Don't end the season properly. And then have a full season next season because I would get more home games out of that. Mm. So how are you going to get clubs to vote for us? You know, somehow the sort of way of doing it. And if you have like constantly have four seasons, we already have a two crowded fixture schedule. Yeah. How are they going to get those to get back to the system that we've got, which means we don't play in the summer? Yeah, well, that's one... going to be a long, long, long. That's going to be like one game a year almost. That's going to end up in like twenty years time before we're back in. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what's been discussed, and you would have heard a lot of this stuff already before we started ranting yeah. on about it tonight. But a lot of the stuff that's discussed is, uh, is in the public eye and people have got the same ideas. One or two things we threw around when I spoke to Josh and Amit a couple of days ago were um, I mentioned the thing about the World Cup delay and yeah. you hadn't thought about that far ahead. But of course, the permutations, the connotations can go two, three, four yeah. years into the future. Um, what he said, which I hadn't thought of, um, so we, we exchanged notions of, of new ideas, um, was to scrap the Cups next season as well. Which makes sense to me. Yeah, that's a that's I mean, a good if option. Possible if you could maybe maintain the effort. Well, it's the most possible. I think get rid of the league cup and get rid of the EFL trophy. I personally, and we'll get onto this for another podcast. I'm, I'm just not interested in football if the EFL trophy's gone. No, no. Well, of course, who is? You know, it's, it's the be all and end all. Portsmouth sold forty five thousand tickets. You know, for the final, it probably won't happen. Most of those probably ones in the first round game, though. To yeah. be honest. So. <laughs> But joking aside, the EFL trophy I'm not a big fan of. I'd rather we got rid of that, made the League Cup for non-European-based Premier League teams downwards. That's another matter for another day. However, in this particular season coming up, whether we scrap the season or delay the season, next season as it whatever is, um, I think we shouldn't have the EFL trophy. We shouldn't have the Football League uh, or the League Cup. <laughs> Football League, full <laughs> stop. <laughs> uh, we shouldn't have the, um, the League Cup. And we would probably have to look at having single leg ties for Champions League and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And if like FA Cup stays, it would have to be midweek, I think, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, think it's probably... it, it would, I do imagine, I think, I imagine a scenario where over about a three year period, we get more or less back in line and complete seasons. Just to quickly go through the other connotations, if we can't continue. I do think your idea might be the death of the League Cup, though. Yeah, Which probably, would be a shame. Uh, I mean, in a way. But wouldn't we wouldn't, wouldn't. I'm not that. Too much. No, I'm not. I mean, obviously, I'll be on either. Just by the team we put after. I'd rather keep the league cup. Just by the team we played at Villa like this season. I'd, I'd say I'm, I'll be on that fast yeah, either. Yeah, but the other connotations: if we can't continue the season, because there's got to, got to be a cut-off point somewhere. If it isn't the case, just to run through the other major notions that people have come up with, and I thought of, and you thought of. Um, the other scenarios are: you either avoid the season, which we've mentioned which is, of course, what Karen Brady's in favour of, surprise, yeah. surprise. I, I, I said just cynically from the West Ham point of view, Josh mentioned the fact that they've probably got a load of stuff booked for that stadium during the summer, 
not to be too cynical. I um, think that, that is the reason that they and Tottenham are the two apparently who turned. Exactly, you yeah, said it yeah. in fairness, but yeah, um, but other, yeah, also it would help them as well in terms of the, the other scenarios that you could possibly have are various connotations to do with freezing the season permanently. So just to explain, in Chile they had a load of um, social disruption, civil yeah. unrest. They had to cancel the season. What they did was they awarded the title to the team who were, I think, a few points clear at the top. And they froze the relegation scenario. And they allowed two, I think it was two teams in, top two or two, top three teams in, and had an extended, expanded season the following year, which was the way they did it. Italy, obviously, they're, they're talking about possibly something similar with various different connotations. Um, so freezing the season, you've got different things you could do. You could, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but you could award the title to Liverpool and honour all other current status in the league table. We'll get onto that in a moment because that's going to be a big contentious issue. Second one is you could award it to Liverpool, freeze relegation and allow the top two in the championship um, uh, to have promotion, meaning a 22-lean team Premier League division next season, five down, two up the year after. Or another variation of the same. Five down, three up, surely it would be, wouldn't it? And then, yeah, and then four. Yes, I think it would have okay. to be four down, two up. I think it could be that five down anyway. Yeah, but you could filtrate it over time, yeah. Third scenario, award the title to Liverpool. Adopt some form of playoffs to decide promotion, relegation and maybe Euros. That's assuming you can still have games. I mean, you've still got the pre-season to do that, haven't you? Yeah, then? exactly. It wouldn't be ideal because you'd be playing in a pre-season. And, and I think in terms of the, the big thing we're missing as well here is... What happens about players? I mean, players are under contract until 30th of June, basically. So, did players who are out of contract not be able to... Will Shilotto not be able to play for Albion in the last few games that they carried on the season somehow? If they're not sure about which league they're going to be in for the playoffs, then how do they start signing players and that sort of thing if they did the playoffs or anything? Ah, that's interesting you mentioned that. I was going to come on to that, actually. Oh, sorry, am I jumped no, in? No, no, that's fine. No. I was going to mention legal permutations, especially for freezing or void scenarios, which alludes to what you yeah. said earlier. It would be a minefield. Um, if we well, if you freeze and allow preferential decision making, it's going to be a problem. If you avoid it as as a blanket thing, maybe that's a bit different. There will be problems, I think, in that situation, but I think it'll be a harder case to put. Yeah, because yeah. it's the same for everyone, whereas it can't be the same for everyone if you avoid it. Just to land you... in at this point, and obviously thinking of the north of the border, Scotland, Hearts, I think, are in the relegation position at the moment, but they are very confident they were going to get out of that position genuinely before this kicked off. They've already said they're going to take legal action if the uh, current status is... Although they just lost to the second bottom team who they would have overtaken, so they've dropped five points of drift, haven't they, or something? But they're still going to make a legal challenge. uh, The chief executive, I think she might be the co-owner or co-chairman or something, she she said um, they're going to take legal action if hearts are relegated because they felt confident of getting out of trouble. There's all sorts of scenarios, isn't there? They can feel confident all they like. Yeah. I mean, the other permutations are if you freeze the season... You've got examples. Liverpool's a clear-cut case. You can see why people would say award it to Liverpool. But then where's the line? Exactly, where's the line? Liverpool are 25 clear. City have a game in hand and a home match for Liverpool. Even if you take that into account, there's a 19-point gap. It's a pretty firm bet they're going to win the title. If that gap was 15 points, would you say anything different? Maybe you'd slightly wobble. 12, 10, 5... One, yeah, exactly. Le- it's Leeds and West Brom, you've said they're like something like seven or eight players, yeah. six or seven players. Which I mean, is, is collapsible, but is a yeah. decent gap. I don't think they're gonna, they would miss out. If every team in every league was that far clear, then there'd yeah. be a, sh- a clear argument for saying yeah. teams. Like, league One, though, is the yeah. Uh, uh, well, yeah, League One is the other thing because it's much more jumbled. There's teams with yeah. games in hand. There's teams with 
DJ run-ins, form is, seems to go much more fluctuant yeah. in those divisions. Relegation... Even League Two is quite top, close to the top four, yeah. I think, at least. So yeah. that will be three up out of four, and fourth team being really pissed off. Yeah, and relegation from the Premier League, which of course are enormous financial connotations... Aston Villa... I just don't think they can do relegation. I just don't think they can legitimately do relegation. No. Villa, there's, there's two problems with Aston Villa. Villa are in a relegation position yeah. at the moment. If they were to win their game in hand, they wouldn't be in the yeah. relegation positions. That also doesn't guarantee they would stay out of the relegation yeah. position. But you can't relegate them with that. You can't relegate them either side of that scenario. Villa have... There's two things about Villa. One is they've spent enormous amounts of money to get into the league. They've spent further enormous amounts to try and stay in. And spent even more enormous amounts in January to stay yeah. in. So the connotations for them going down are enormous. Yeah. You could argue they should deserve those connotations if they were deservedly relegated. Oh, they do, yeah, completely. But, but, but they, yeah, if they, but they will argue they wouldn't have got relegated. And I think, I think most hands, people in agreement that no way you can relegate teams. Yeah. I think that can't happen. Yeah. I think in promoting teams up and having more teams in the league each time and that sort of thing can happen... I just don't see any way you can relegate teams. It's just not it would just viable. Be a, an and I think market. even promotion can, is yeah. going to lead to teams suing and yeah. that sort of thing. And because with games in hand, people could say, well, you could, you could work out average points totals for the season, yeah. and that would be a fairer way than taking off a game from everyone else or, or working out an average points total and project the extra points onto yeah. that team with the game in hand's score, uh, points total. Um, there's too many, too many variables. It also have, doesn't take into account other teams at a disadvantage because they've, they've got unfulfillable, easier yeah. run-ins. You, you mentioned the situation with Bolton and Barry mm. and teams that have played Bolton and Barry before Barry went bust. But also in that division, played Southend who were even worse than Bolton. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, kind yeah. Of, I mean, they are so bad, Southend, this year. It's a guaranteed three that, points, pretty much, that, yeah. That really is a huge So, I mean, difference. I'm kind of like... But then again, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous that they and Bolton will survive, but... yeah. Yeah, I, th- I don't think there's any other way around it. It's just like kind of. Yeah. I think I think the thing, the reason I I side with, unless you can complete it, unless you can find a way of coming out with a calendar over, like you say, two or three years that kind of gets us back to where we were, even if it means one game aside next season, you know, don't play teams home and away, just at home or away, something. Unless they can find something like that, they've got to avoid it because there's no answer that will. No one's going to be happy. With, a lot of people won't be happy with avoiding it, but they can't argue. I don't think in a way. It, it's just like we've had this extreme. If you say we're going to take two teams up, but then you're but you, you're in third, but you've got a point left, but you've got a game in hand, but so you can't come up. It's too that much becomes a minefield, a minefield yeah. yeah. And because of the financial. Context, and then if you say in this division it's okay because these teams are well clear, but if it's this division we won't do it because these teams aren't clear, then yeah. that's even more of a legal minefield. Yeah. So I mean, it's, I mean you, you can you can see. You can see the merit in the idea of having a scenario where you either announce Liverpool are title winners or not, but you, you say Leeds and yeah. West Brom come up because there's no those guys get rewarded for being in the Premier League. No one goes down, so there's no arguments about whether someone would have survived or not. And then you can spread the financial wealth from the TV deal over 22 teams instead of 20. Question Without though, too many major arguments do there. the Albions of this world... Hmm. Stand up and say, well, hang on a minute, we're like, you know, we went from being like 3 in 20 to going down mm. to being 4 or 5 in 22. 
You could you could argue that. I think that's a smaller argument within the bigger picture. I'd, I'd, I'd take it, personally. I think the struggling teams would... Stand up. I suppose yeah. the likes of Norwich couldn't because they get one more season of Premier League out of it. Yeah. But the, the the average everyday team, you know, maybe one, two are doing okay. Someone yeah. like Palace, for example, who've just yeah. got safe. Yeah. And, they, they, but yeah. then always could be, you know, always... Be next year yeah, those because there's four out of yeah. 22 suddenly now rather than three out of 20. But then there's a lot of games between those six points. Yeah. Between oh, those there, teams, there so. are. Yeah. But, I mean, someone else will stand yeah. up and say, well, hang on a minute, Southampton who are looking quite safe, Newcastle who are yeah. you know, doing okay. You know, those sorts of teams will be looking at it and go like, well, hang on a minute. Well, I'm just thinking from the financial point of view, I think at least it would give some sort of stability. Yeah. The, the problem with it is, is with the playoffs. You look at teams... Big clubs like Forest, smaller clubs like Preston and Brentford, who are all of whom yeah. in their various guises are not very familiar with being in the playoff positions. This has been an unusually good year for them. Yeah. They all deserve it. I've seen them play. They're good teams. They're, they're all either well organised or entertaining or a mixture of the two. They're, they're all in with a chance of the playoffs. I fancy Brentford to get promoted this year and have a fairy tale first season in the Premier yeah. League. In their and this has taken us away from their chance from that. Take that away, and you can't. You know, okay, yeah, they would probably take promotion next year if they could guarantee it in the new stadium. That would be a nice story as well. But you know, yeah. where where do you draw the line? And I, I, yeah, which I, is why I I just yeah, would avoid it. It's really difficult. That's why it? I just say if, if you, you can't, can't finish it, if you can't finish, if you can't finish it, it yeah. cut it off. Because yeah. the it didn't exist. The financial implications for those clubs is enormous as well. Yeah, just as much. I mean, as I genuinely can't believe more. that the Premier League doesn't have some sort of. I mean, I've heard rumours that it hasn't, but. If it doesn't, it's crazy. The Premier League and Football League has not got some sort of way of saying, if you if you don't finish a season, it's void sort of thing or something in their contract. The other thing that I think will be will change now is players' contracts. Because I assume if they restart it, there are going to be issues around that. I would think quite strongly that their players' contracts will be until the end of the 2021 season rather than to June 2020 or to yeah. June 2021. Yeah. On the subject Could well change that whole way of you know, thinking in football. Yeah, I mean, on the subject of finances, a couple of interesting points you've just raised there. You've mentioned the words written into contracts. Well, if you change the word contracts for policies and talk about finances with smaller clubs, financial trouble. Um, down the pyramid, Kieran Maguire estimates that 50-60k per home game is lost for clubs in the lower leagues yeah. of the EFL. I read something from I think Shrewsbury, I think it was, who I saw yeah. some comment that they were going to they reckon they were going to yeah. lose 250 to 300k from the next yeah. four or five home games, whatever sort of thing. Rochdale just mentioned the words contracts and policies, insurance policies. Rochdale reckon that looking at the small print, it sounds as if they may not be covered or not fully mm. covered for this scenario because it's not uh, anything that's that's written into the yeah. small print. It's a new virus, at least in terms of the contracts. But also, even if they are covered, the question above that is, someone's got to pay this cover. And now I imagine there aren't an awful lot of companies able to, to cover football clubs. Yeah. So if, and the EFL clubs will be so paying if, a premium next year. And so if they all... Well, I mean, if these, if these companies don't go survive, bust, yeah, I mean, it, if, if they all are applicable to and can cover, then how are these companies going to pay for it if every single club can't complete a season? Because of this, they can't be many clubs. It's not like there could be like hundreds of companies who can do it, who can all afford to like pay their one club. Yeah, there was a notion proposed about Premier League sides trying to adopt a local team, and I don't know if that's going to really work. But I think I just think this just shows the ridiculous. I mean, I've said it all along, and I've never changed that from Brighton Premier League. The ridiculous gap in income between lower leagues yeah. and Brighton Brighton's League. Championship teams, certain teams at the top, like Leeds, whatever, even without parachute rooms, get huge income because of their 
crowds, some get parachute payments, but below that, the football is struggling massively, yeah. e.g. Berry and Bolton, this show this summer, and the Premier League just couldn't care less about it. Albion Royal got Paul Barber on, uh, amongst other people, and Kieran Maguire, on their last show, and Paul Barber was saying that um, the, um, the FA contributes more than 50% of its income to the lower league football, to EFL downwards, so... There's already a lot of money going in. There's a lot of Premier League contributions, which I think there's some sort of voluntary agreement, isn't there, to Pre- pay a certain amount? Premier League gave money on the basis that they could nickel the good youth team players of the, of the lower that, leagues. That. You're being now, Peter. No, it's, I'm I'm not, it's, it's not cynical. <laughs> it's, it's a fact. They basically no, agreed to give more money on the basis that they would that, that they could nick any of their young youth team players for quite basically no money at all. Yeah. So the one chance that the, the lower league teams had of making it really big was, was there. Could, could they help Ruined. then? Could the Premier League clubs help either with a... I really, I really wish they would. Like but yeah, I think... I mean, we, it's easy to lose track when you're in Premier League and you're playing Manchester United and Arsenal and Liverpool, that sort of thing, of where we come from and that sort of thing. But where, you know, we were not that far from out of business. And the day we lose track of that is the day we've lost the fans who came from that era and we've only got people who were kind of like used to being in the top two divisions and not really interested. Yeah. And we've used to playing in a 30,000 stadium. The fact is, like, if we'd lost to Hereford, we could easily have become like Brighton Athletic in, the, you know, playing in front of crowds of like 500 in like the eighth level to try and get back up the league and that sort of thing. It's not that not that impossible to work it out. It's I, it angers me still, even though we've got a Premier League team, how much money is in Premier League and how little money is in the lower leagues. No, it's I, ridiculous. I agree with you on that one. Um, just just on a side though, Brighton City maybe we could be yeah. Why talk tried that? We were the city then, I don't think. It was like, we were in the city in 2000, so we weren't in 97 if we'd lost. Actually, that's true, yeah. We would have been, so been lying. We would have been Brighton Town, yeah. Brighton Town Rangers, maybe, something like that. Or Brighton Seagulls. <laughs> um, just, just quickly, a, a couple of more bits I want to just cover before we finish part one and order some food. Um, uh, there's a few other connotations with what's going on, as if this isn't complicated and nightmarish enough already. There's a few other things to take into account. We've mentioned the financial scenarios for clubs, and obviously they are going to really, really struggle here, unfortunately. Um, but there's also the play and win bonuses uh, for players. Obviously in the Premier League, no one really cares too much about them. But let's not forget a lot of the contracts for the lower league players, who are not on great money. They're, I mean, they're on fairly yeah. ordinary wages compared with a lot of people. Um, they've got, a lot of it could be factored in, in, in player bonuses, win bonuses, um, score bonuses, whatever. Um, that's going to be an issue. These guys got mortgages to pay. Mm. Same as the rest of us. I'm going to suffer majorly with this scenario. I already am with Brexit, let alone with coronavirus. Um, I think you might do, other people might do. This pub we're in probably will. Various other people will. Um, TFL, you was, was it TFL? Yeah, you same. Lost how much was it? Yeah, same, they reckon it'll be 500 million up at least by the, end, least of the, by the, by the end of it. 500 million. That's just one organisation. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to take into account. The other complications, as well as financial problems for players, is the scenarios that go on beyond June, because player contracts, again this feeds into the whole idea of how we resolve this season, yeah. player contracts, we've got ben, ben White on loan to Leeds, apparently they've got four other players on loan, those contracts run out sometime towards the end of the season, it might be the end of May, I'm not sure, because it's a loan deal. Somewhere in, the, in, in May or June, those contracts are going to run out. If the season continued on to say... Uh, August, September, October time do we allow those players to still play for them, do we try and get them back with us because it will benefit us trying to carry on surviving in the Premier League, there's all sorts of complications involved, 
player contracts in general for loan and permanent is a big issue, isn't it? Um, there's also the question of extension deals. So if you can have a short-term extension deal to, 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 to you know, fill into that summer period beyond June when the contracts normally run out, there's those, those to question to start with. And obviously you've got the transfer yeah. window as well. Exactly. And can a player now decide to sign for another club? Yeah. In a, you know, kind of because they're supposed to be on a free transfer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're just looking at the internet. Um, Peter is finding the quote, yeah, 500 million about the, um, the London underground system. Uh, the London transport, transport system, system, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. And that's a minimum as well. So yeah. that gives you an idea of, I mean, obviously they can afford it because they're the only people who keep London transport going. But yes, I mean, it's going to be an awful lot of just in things like pubs, that sort of thing, going out of business. Yeah. My um, my pub in Charlton, local pub, has gone out of business recently. And, oh, really? And, yeah, it's the, only, it's, the main, it's the best pub in Charlton, I think, personally. It's a real shame. So, oh, And it no, might no. be the kind of first... What, uh, what was that, by the way? The White Swan. White Swan. Up in Charlton Village. Um, okay. Well, I, I don't know it. I don't think I know it, but I'm gutted to hear a good pub. Yeah. There, I've, I've got to say. Um, I mean, it's not, it wasn't an amazing pub, but it was the best one in Charlton. There's not like, Charlton's not very great. Yeah. Range yeah. of pubs, but it's still you know a decent pub, yeah. and it's yeah it's sad. It's like always good to you know always bad to see you know pubs go up business, people lose their jobs, that sort of thing. It's yeah. and I think we're going to be facing a lot of it. And footballers are no no less, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's right, that's right. Um, I mean, yeah. it's a big thing. You know, obviously, footballers have to be paid up till thirty for June, but clubs can't afford it. Then they go up into administration, and footballers don't get paid at all. Or the government probably understandably, and I, I don't understand a lot of what the government does, but this is probably understandable. They're not. They're not um, forwards in coming yeah. forwards about suspending VAT payments, yeah. other sort of payments that could help these businesses in general and football clubs yeah. as well, um, because it would cost just hundreds of millions of pounds yeah. if they start if doing that. I have a, an interesting question for you. Mm. You own a kind of quite small club. You're struggling hand to mouth. You rely on attendances massively. You don't get a couple of attendances. Do you gamble on the season being voided and going to administration? Mm, that's a good question. Because if you then get minus ten points, yeah. well, you know what happens. You know, I mean, that's you true. you drop to the bottom. Oh, that's an interesting one. You've thrown a real curveball in there, yeah. Victor, haven't you? Just when we're about to have our uh, mid mid uh, chat. In, in fairness, it, given the loss of income, it might be the way you survive. You haven't got the money to. You bought it as a local interest because you wanted to keep the club going, but you don't have the money to keep it going. Without putting the boot in, it's worked well for Portsmouth and Crystal Palace, yeah. isn't it? But I, mean, I don't mean in their senses as an like no, dodgy no, I mean it's in someone who's actually got a genuine interest yeah. in it, but doesn't just genuinely doesn't have the money, and no one's going to invest in it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. How do you do it? You know, how do you? You know, you can't. There is that. I mean, I mean, I mean someone like, for example, Macclesfield obviously are struggling. Macclesfield best has been now. How do they survive this? They obviously have like failed to pay players a few times. They've had issues, major issues financially. Oldham. Have yeah, failed. Oldham. Charlton are having major issues again now. The answer is they probably don't. Yeah, that's that's the, and that I mean obviously it's not the same as losing hundreds of thousands of people or whatever potentially, which could happen or whatever as well. But it's it's a really sad reflection given the communities that they rely on them and the people that go every week and week out and watch them and that sort of thing. And we it'd be easy to forget given where we are. But yeah, we were there once. If that happened in '97. We probably would have gone bust as well. If it would have been put out of business quietly, and well, Archer would have, yeah. Well, so yeah. anyone who thinks, you know, sometimes, oh well, you know, we we're only like this point in the Premier League doing this, doing that. Remember, we we were down there with, you know, in that time when I heading up the league. Yeah. Don't and it's not and it's not being negative to remember that. 
no, 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 not at all. Because I know some people say, oh, well, don't look into the past, and that's all they know. The past is what defines it. We have so much help from teams in the past. Hmm. And, yeah, it's, I will be gutted to see any club go out recently. I was gutted with Berry. I was gutted what happened to Bolton, although now they've hopefully got owners who can they'll support them even if they go down. Yeah, yeah. it's just... Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, that, that's right. There's, there's so many connotations, there's so many uh, knock-on effects that are going on. Um, going back to the, the logistics side of things, the transfer window, that's obviously going to be a nightmare, isn't it, now? Yeah. All this fight about, should we do it this week or that week? Or we'll change Maybe it. it'll be half now an hour long go... and we'll get a striker, finally. <laughs> it's going to go months into yeah. the distance now. It's going to be blown out of the water, that one. I um, think they'll probably have to do a transfer window that lasts well into the season this yeah. time. They're, they're, it's whenever it is. Measures. There's so many conversations. Yeah. Transfer window, player contracts, injuries, when people are, get, the people are going to get injured more often, yeah. early into whenever the new season happens, because of this, this disrupted... Yeah. Um, narrative for when people people's um, fitness. The I think we said at the beginning, there's no right answer to any yeah. of this. It's like literally every every single answer is terrible. Yeah. yeah. But you've got to have one answer. You've got to unless you literally stop football, hmm. you've got and don't have it anymore. You've got to have one answer. But all of them are horrendous. And Peter, we we now come in the final part of part one to the most important question of all. You're gonna have one of those curry pies. I might do. Yeah, last chance for a while, possibly. It might be. It might be. Might We've be. been just told not to go into pubs, so. Yeah. Uh, well, I like breaking the rules, but then there might be a limit to that. So I'm definitely going to make hay while the sun shines yeah. as well. So that concludes the end of part one. In, in the second part, we're going to talk about the wider connotations for the Euro, domestic and international um, scenarios that will be inevitably affected by what's going on and the, uh, the subsequent arrangements that are going to need to be made. Um, suggestions about the Champions League and Europa League, what they do with that. Um, there's an interesting idea that's been kicking around. I'm going to mention a couple of bits about Paul Barber and the Albion's uh, current status and what's going on there. And a little bit of summary on other news in a shorter second part. So, stay tuned. Join us again in just a moment. Welcome back to the second part of Brighton Rock, episode 18. Uh, well, we, we were going to talk about a number of items that we mentioned we are going to do that, but we're slightly pausing it for a moment because we've been joined by special guests, Mr. Sam Boucher. Is that right? Yes, Sam Boucher. Good to have, uh, good to be here. Excellent. Welcome, Sam, to your debut on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Excited. Uh, Long Sam, time coming. Yeah, Sam, Sam is a West Ham fan. He's uh, He's been here most weeks when we've come in. Mm. We've had a good old chat about uh, football. And I wanted to get your take on a few things at yep. the moment. Obviously, we're going to talk about that little disease thing that's going on around. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned it. I don't know what that is. I can't remember. But first of all, the flu, all, isn't it? T- tell us about your West Ham background. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm. Um, okay. Oh, food's coming in as well. Interrupted with, uh, with a pie. <laughs> the no problem. There's, there's no problem with getting interrupted with pies. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No, my West Ham career has been. Uh, Previously interrupted by pies too often, but uh, <laughs> although the, there is a famous chicken balti pie at West Ham, which is uh, yeah. which is really nice. I'll tell you about that in a bit. But uh, yeah, no. So I'm, I'm from Essex originally, lived in London for now ten years. But uh, my dad was a big West Ham fan, so um, sort of followed that tradition, and uh, I was quite happy to do so. In Essex, there seems to be a lot of uh, when I was at uh, school, a lot of West Ham fans, a lot of Tottenham fans. So Tottenham was always the biggest, uh, always the biggest rival. But um, yeah, and then had a season ticket for many years, uh, not currently, but uh, not because I hate the new stadium, but just for circumstance, uh, but um, I'm, uh, the new stadium is a bit of a, is a, is a discussion of its own, but um, yes, uh, I'm always an optimistic West Ham fan, yeah. but uh, 
also a reasonable uh, realist, uh, sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this season was meant to be a, a very, uh, very positive one, a very hopeful one. But uh, we were meant to be following in the, in the steps of Leicester, but we've uh, done quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. I we were discussed as doing that anyway, but uh, yeah. Well, I, I did fancy you guys to have a good season. Yeah. I have to say, I'm surprised you ended up where you were when the season got temporarily paused. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and probably you're not the ideal team to be in that position, are you? For that reason, you're not designed for a relegation. Battle. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of experience over the years. Certainly, lots of yeah. uh, definitely experienced relegation and, and trying to fight their way back, but not with. Uh, I don't feel we um, we don't feel like we belong to the Premier League, but we do feel at the same time there's uh, we should be spending most of our time in the top division. Certainly the team you've got. Yeah, we, and this season, playing. yeah, we've actually got a really good squad of players. So um, yeah, I was not a fan of Pellegrini. I loved Slavon Bilic before, but I wasn't a fan of Pellegrini so much. He did seem to drain a bit of confidence from the players, but the um, somehow even though he's a decent success at other clubs, but uh, under Moyes, I think there's more chance of getting out of the relegation zone. But yeah, we've got a lot of good players, a lot of good, yeah, uh, some decent youngsters. Obviously, Rice has been a big, big plus in the last couple of seasons. So um, hmm. yeah, the season's paused now. I, I was hopeful, not confident, but reasonably confident, slightly confident we'd get out of it. Hmm. Especially with being Wolves last Sunday, but that was uh, yeah, that was obviously in the balance. So, so what's your take on it now? Then, obviously, we've we've, we've been talking already, Peter and I, about hmm. all the various conversations of what can happen. Um, Cameron Brady, obviously, is, yeah. as, as quite in a high-profile sense, has been on talking about how she'd like to have the season voided. Mm. And the word is not just about West Ham, but also about possible bookings for the stadium during the summer. Yeah. That's the reason why she might be motivated to say that. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, it would be convenient for you and it would be convenient for yeah. us as well. If the season was voided, we wouldn't have any complaints in that mm. sort. But what would you think is your... Taking a West Ham hat off. What is your yeah. ideal scenario? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I quite quite easily do that. Even obviously, the biggest thing this season after a, after about fifteen games was making sure we stay up, which was on mm. wasn't the aim at the start of the season, but it's certainly the aim after a little while. So, yeah, that was the biggest thing. But I wouldn't actually really want to stay up by just saying we're currently above it now. Let's finish the season. Whereas I don't think you can. I don't think you can finish the season where it is now. Uh, there'll be too many uh, major major issues from uh, more of a problem with the smaller clubs and trying to survive and. Um, mm. And uh, lawsuits, you can only imagine. But the um, so I think it's more likely, yeah, null and void the season, which is as a football fan is not what I want because I'm just really hopeful it all starts up in was April third. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's obviously not going to happen. But yeah, yeah, that yeah, it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? If you if you don't have a season yeah. on record, yeah, yeah, now looking back, it'll be. For many no reasons, yeah. it makes sense, but it will still just be a bit. Rough, yeah, no, for absolutely. For many, many yeah. reasons, I think uh, it, would, it would be a, a real shame. I think it's only ever happened for a war, world yeah. war, basically. That's yeah. the only reason it's ever happened. We were Nothing else that, yeah. ever kind of. I was saying, like recently, I, I watched a game on 9 11, and I was like, yeah. I know it wasn't in this country, but it was like such a huge yeah. international event. I still went to football that evening. No, nothing was cancelled. Yeah, the, the beast from the east came, and like all these games were on, even though the two were like kind of. Mm. Covered in kind of like we couldn't. Yeah, it's yeah. like whether that Russia was couldn't even deal with art almost. Yeah, all these things that the football's dealt with, and there's been at least some games on. And yeah, I know yeah. it's it's strange. It's strange time because that's the uh, sport does up for an awful lot when there's uh, when challenges and most of the time when there's big challenges going on. Like you mentioned, I eleven mentioned other things. Yeah, there's still sport going on, which does help people a lot uh, mm. for sure. I think I think the season has to be finished somehow. I mean, null and void is better than just kind of finishing where it yeah. currently is. But so it's, it's, it's even it's, yeah, it's yeah. even. None of what is sort of 
is less unfair than finishing yeah. where it currently is. Obviously, Liverpool will be the biggest. Uh, there's a lot of teams will argue against that. And Liverpool, you know, bearing in mind that not won it for so long, <laughs> is is going to be a remarkable scenario if that is the if that what, <laughs> what happens. But the um, I, I do hope we can finish it somehow. Like I think domestic season just for continuity and everything has to be completed more likely so than the, the European Championships. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think it's got to be finished, but I don't know if it's going to... I mean, it really depending on recommendations. It could be could be months before anything's uh, possible. Yeah. Um, we were saying earlier, if players aren't held out in the meantime, mm. there'll be a whole pre-season before we even start yeah, yeah. again, and whole like, friendlies, I think, probably even if it's mid-season. Mm. They'll have to be. There's no way they can carry, just like, mm. be off for four months and then start again. Yeah, it, is, yeah, it, it really is remarkable when you hear the developments on the news today. I, see, uh, I don't know. It might, it'll, change all, it'll change every day and every week, but... Possibility of finishing seems more and more remote. Yeah, it's it's all surreal, isn't it? Mm, really, it really is. I mean, the fact that they, yeah, the government are now doing an announcement every day mm. suggests that they think it's going to basically, yeah, yeah, everything's going to change by daily yeah, yeah. basis. And so, even though as a big West Ham fan, I'm I'm, I'm quite a purist on the football front as well. I, I don't, I wouldn't feel, I mean, I'll take it, but I wouldn't feel too comfortable staying up on the fact that we're above relegation yeah. zone on, on currently on goal difference and that you know, just season just ends now. It wouldn't, um, yeah, no, it wouldn't sit comfortably for me. I think somehow we've got to finish it. I don't know how. Mm. Even if there's a playoff system, I mean, you know, I could just say, we're, I'm West Ham fan, I don't care about anything else, let's, mm. we've stayed up now. I don't think that would be fair because it could happen. We could have been easy in the bottom three yeah. um, if mm. it wasn't for the Southampton game. But um, there's well, no way more goals. There's no way they can relegate anyone from Premier League if you stand. No. Full stop. You really. can do playoffs. Even Norwich, I don't think they can relegate. Really I mean, Villa certainly, no, but Norwich even. Leicester, didn't they, as well? well yeah. Norwich could just say, well, you know, we've got exactly, we're going to do, a, mm. do what Leicester did a few years ago. Yeah, and, and, and actually, when we stayed up in like 2007, 2008, we were almost as far behind as Norwich are, and we won yeah. seven out of nine games. 8-71, Brighton won yeah. four games in a row, survived by that point wow. or two. Yeah, yeah. So, so given yeah, the money, the winner, they cannot yeah. relegate anyone from Premier League, full stop. No, There's no, no way they can... I think the lawsuits there will be horrendous and they probably win as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the only other option, apart from null and void, is um, somehow finishing it or maybe a playoff system for the related teams. It's somehow finishing it or promoting teams but relegation teams, but even then, that leads to people who are team to a third saying, well, hang on a minute, you went up, but we had games in hand whether in League One and that sort of thing. I could see see a playoff system being a, a discussion anyway. Definitely so you'd be in the mix as well. Yeah, well that's certainly we'd both would be. It depends how far you go. I think you'd be the last team in it. Yeah, like, uh, you go for the bottom five. Well, then you'd be sued by the fact that teams were like, who, if the team went down, who were sixth from bottom at the time, and they'd be like, oh, well, yeah. oh no, it'd be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you can get anyone down full stop. I think you've got to either kind of promote up but not go down. But then, what you have more teams in the Premier League, or yeah. more teams in every league next season? Mm. Yeah, well, that's so every league. Well, no, there wouldn't be more teams well, in every league because the other teams are the same at the top and the bottom as well. So it's only so, the Premier League, yeah. Yeah, because they're the top. Yeah, so that's, that's but true, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's a viable idea because, yeah, if teams aren't in the top two currently but are in lower division, lower down, but have a better, an easier run in or. Yeah, what do you like third behind the play, uh, automatic promotion? You've got two games in hand, you know. Yeah, so. or have got an easier run in, they're playing all the bottom teams yeah, yeah. compared to all the top teams. Or Did, did you. Before all this happened, did mm. you have a hunch you were going to stay up or not stay up? I've always been very well, always hopeful. But like, you know, I felt like we got good enough players. We had a terrible mm. run of games, really tough games, and we didn't do particularly well. But we nearly got a result at Liverpool. But um, we played very well against Southampton. I was uh, managed to get to that game. Fantasy you were against, playing better, weren't you? Yeah, Fantasy against Wolves. We were playing better. We played well against Arsenal. We shouldn't have lost that game. 
That's for sure. So uh, we could easily have been three games unbeaten, but we only got three points because we beat Southampton. But yeah, um, Wolves at home are fancied. Then we had Chelsea and Chelsea and Tottenham, Tottenham and Chelsea, and then we had the run of games. So it went really well. Yeah. Each game was a bit of a six point or a bit of a dar- uh, bit of a relegation battle. But uh, yeah, no, I did think we could sell for sure. Like, yeah. Um, hmm. yeah, I wasn't massively confident. We definitely could do it. We've done it before, and. Uh, yeah, we've got some good players coming back from injuries. So you had the best squad of the top bottom six by distance. I did probably. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> so. And there's some. Um, yeah, no, you look at player for player. I'd say yeah. on paper. I think so. You're the best squad yeah. of the bottom six. Yeah, not, just... not, not, I'm not going to say that in a boastful way, but I think. No, I didn't. I'll give no. I mean, but on paper, it's very yeah, different. Yeah. I mean, I think most football fans accept on paper is very different to. Yeah, yeah. On the actual pitch, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of for so a lot of teams. I mean, you guys when you had Cole and that sort of thing, and went, yeah, went down, went down, and down you were far too good to go down. I said. So it doesn't guarantee anything, but on paper, you had the best eleven and best probably subs as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think, yeah, I think we might just about stayed up. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Just. Just broadening the debate as well, what have we got you on? West Ham. Mm. What's, what's your take on Tar- or on Karen Brady, David Sullivan, David uh, Gold? Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of dissent, isn't there? Yeah. I, I, on the business side of things, I know it's important, but uh, very important, and the stadium's part of that, I do spend less time thinking about it. I do spend a lot of time more sort of thinking about what the manager will be doing, what the players do, obviously, and who we've got available and how we play and stuff. I think Moyes has a bigger impact in a way, but... Yeah, the trio of individuals, oh, it's very, it's a tough one. It divides West Ham fans massively. I think more people are behind Moyes than they are behind yeah. the owners, mm. no doubt. But um, the new stadium divides people, so that was obviously down to them. Really tough one. Like, I, I mean, I just get behind the team because, I, you know, you go to the ground. If, it's, if we're playing well and winning, it's actually a good atmosphere. It's a genuinely good atmosphere. Yeah. About 50, well, 55, 60,000 people in it. It's going to be loud. It's really good. And the stadium. So you've not had a great run since you. Your best season recently has been when the year before you moved, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. Oh, that Payet, was amazing. When yeah. Payet was really informed. Yeah, I love Billich as a player and a manager, but then a solid guy. But the um, like I know him very well. But uh, yeah, he was. Um, yeah, with the owners, I, I'm, I'm pretty. I, I feel like they do have. I mean, they're business people, so you know, money is certainly a key consideration for them, but. I think they're West Ham fans as well, you know, or yeah. certainly uh, the Southern the Gulf. West Ham yeah. fans, they're quite unliked, aren't they? Yeah. And, and I don't think people yeah. believe that. Fan owners, owners yeah. it's, it's like the, the yeah. golden, golden dream. It, we've got a yeah. fan as our owner, and it's, 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 it's the, uh, the golden ticket. Mm. You have Newcastle, the previous owners, yeah, not, yeah. not the current one. Yeah. But they had, um, what was it, John Hall? Oh, yeah, that was right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it seems to be the, the perfect scenario. Yeah. But with you guys, it's quite fractious and... I think it's, it's basically because of the stadium, I think. Like, yeah, so yeah. Before that, when we were in Upton Parksdale, uh, at one point we were going to build up to sort of 45, which yeah. would have been ideal. You we, needed a bigger stadium, didn't you? Yeah. That was for sure. We got, well, actually, it was going to be like 42. I actually even got a program back, I can't remember the game, but a program when I did have a season ticket, we had a uh, pull-out poster, which I could bring in sometime, pull-out poster of what the stadium was going to be, and we got like 75% there. So it was about 37, 38,000, but we couldn't finish it in the end for hmm. planning problems. But uh, it would have been 42. That would have been fine. Yeah, but they're bigger. Uh, yeah, big. I think big the problem also is that you went from the most enclosed grounds, like, yeah. where you were closest to the action, to yeah, one, yeah, like to the most park, yeah. furthest away from the ground. Yeah. I mean, behind the goal in certain parts of the ground, there isn't as bad as something, but it's still a long way. Behind the Even behind the dugout, as well, it's like might look oh, a long the, way. The, the dugout is very, horrendous. the dugout's really long. Yeah, that's a long way. But behind the goal's not as bad as people 
my thing, but uh, yeah, well, we thought Ben Murray did quite well, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think we just—he loves—he loves playing as West Ham as Ben Murray. But um, I think we yeah. just need to, um, as West Ham uh, fans, just need to get behind it because we can't go back to Upton Park. Yeah. So that, the biggest people just take it out on the owners, which I can understand for some extent, but we, you have to move forward, really. Like you can't go. We, we you know, physically yeah. don't go back to Upton Park. We, we yeah. knock it down and build a new stadium. That's unlikely because it's used for other events, obviously, and you know it will be used for athletics again at some point, but. Yeah. yeah, but I think if you if you're doing well in the league, then people get behind it. And when, when we're playing really well in the village, Upton Park, people were happy with the owners mm. to a certain extent. Some didn't. You've not really know. done well. That's the issue, isn't it? How much of you're not doing really do well is because this ground a bit. Yeah. Of the athletic stadium, which yeah. is a football, so it's no atmosphere. Yeah. And how much of it is the other way around that you're not happy there because you're, the football's not doing. Yeah, well. and every season since the new move, is, uh, it's been like, well, let's just stay out because if we go down, it could be a disaster, you know, with everyone lower, 50%, or maybe a bit less, really disliking the stadium. And uh, yeah. the wages I mentioned you guys must pay as well. I mean, money you've. Yeah, and first of all, for example, a lot of money. He yeah. put forty-five million pounds on him. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like Haller. He's um, he's only got seven goals a season, but I think he's um, he's got a lot of qualities that suit the Premier League. But we, we have a bit of a, it's a lot of money. Team. It's a lot of money, certainly. But he, he works. I, I, yeah, he, our squad of players is decent, but um, Haller, you for next, for example, if we were to start the season, it's very hard to predict everything going on. But if we were, if the season finishes next season, he could easily get twenty, twenty-five goals yeah. from what you've seen from him. It's just uh, yeah, maybe the supply and stuff. Do you think Moyes is the answer or a temporary solution like last time? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I mean, I was really happy when Moyes came back because I just really struggled with Pellegrini, but um, I just felt we're more likely to stay up with Moyes, and it became that it's like we've just yeah. lost out again. And um, but but I mean, once yeah, that I was, happens. Yeah, so I always, yeah, I mean, I always I can't keep going on about Village because I'm saying you, you you get past you can't keep going on about the old stadium. I can't also keep going on about an old manager. <laughs> Similarly, so it's um, yeah, it was. Uh, but I think Moyes was better. Than I don't know what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, he had his lowest ever finish for us in the first season. That's actually point, it? Yeah, it was sort of. Yeah. I think on paper it looked yeah. good. He's sort of good at uh, achieving things and doing you well. You said about the Leicester thing. I think that yeah. was the moment where I thought. West Ham could become yeah. that sort of Leicester. It was Leicester, Everton and West Ham were the three. Yeah. And it's only, only yeah. Everton have picked up but, uh, yeah. to a certain extent. But yeah, Leicester are the ones that have done it. But um, yeah, survival was good, but I'm not sure via null and void. Yeah, you didn't move to the 50,000, 60,000 stadium to survive. Yeah, yeah. Actually, did you? It's not like that. I thought it'd take a couple of seasons, but this was, yeah, this was the one where we were finally transitioning into, into the stadium mm-hmm. and a good squad. But yeah, still, it's actually been the most problematic. Well, however it pans out, I hope we mm. are up there. I mm. hope you're up there next year. Yeah. Mainly because we take points off you. Yeah. 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 It's also a, a good day out. Is Ben Murray going to retire? Like, he's going to surely, yeah. It's not a year now. He loves it. Yeah. He's waiting for you guys. Yeah. We're just starting him up for every year so we can play against you guys. Yeah. No, absolutely. He must be his best record. Best club record. But against us. Did he once score twice at Palace that you guys and then get sent off as well or something? Yeah. Just. Finally, Absolutely, um, yeah. Sam, just a quick word on the Gladstone Arms. We've been coming in here, we stumbled on yeah. this place. That was nice. Of the year, well, we're not literally stumbled it quite early in the night. Yeah, but we would have done it if we'd had a <laughs> yeah. few more drinks. Yeah. Um, but it's been fantastic. Um, we've been in most weeks since, and mm. it's been superb. Really good food, which you've yeah. probably heard me eating in the background. Yeah, while the menu is, is much loved, yeah, absolutely. Epic, it's epic. Mm. You are a fantastic barman slash... Cheers, man. Host, I guess yeah. you'd call it. Yeah, well, I mean, absolutely. Welcome I mean, presents as you come through the door. Thank you. Smiling face. Thank you. Football debate. Yeah. Some beers. Absolutely. Yeah. 
No, it's always, it's always good to, it was really uh, it was a pleasure when you first came in because I always like talking about football. Um, I've never actually worked on the uh, the bar before until until this particular pub. So I work in a music, oh, right. music booking there, booking gigs in various venues, which is uh, another discussion maybe for another podcast with the concerns we're facing now. But uh, the pub itself is absolutely lovely. So uh, I've learned a lot about working in the pub. Yeah. When you guys came through, and we immediately. Locked horns on Brighton versus West Ham. Yes. It was uh, Ooh, yeah. it was good. And um, how long have you been here? So booking on on the music side, booking gigs for about three years now. So the venue opened, or the pub stroke venue opened about nearly uh, nearly three years ago. So booking the Saturday Sunday shows for about yeah about three years, and then uh, evolved to working on the bar and, and running the pub even sometimes. So during the uh, occasions when the rest of the team were away. They'll find me running the pub, trying to keep it alive. Um, yeah, quick, quick word yeah. on the owners as well. So yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've got uh, Mega and uh, Abby are a couple. Yeah. Mega and Gaurav, uh, brother and sister uh, of uh, Indian heritage. Uh, so that's the food element comes from that. So it's yeah. Indian, Indian food. Mega and I used to work together in a marketing role years ago before I was working in sort of music-related things and before Mega was in hospitality. So when she put on Facebook, they're reopening the Glad after six months or nine months of it closing. I was straight on Facebook and said, well, I'm booking shows now, so if you wanted to be a music venue, and they did. So we, uh, we hooked yeah. up again. Yeah. Shows ever since. So, uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful family to work for and with. And, uh, yeah, it's going very well. The food's wonderful, great beers, free house, so we have all kinds of breweries. Big football fans, yeah, Liverpool we, fans, so they're concerned. We, we can definitely say the beer's good. The beer is good, yes. Yeah, we're currently on, what are we on yeah. at the moment? Head I'm on head. we're on again. Yeah, we're back on the head It's a classic Excellent. Gypsy Hill brewery, yeah. and... Uh, even if it is in the wrong sort of territory of part of town, you know, yeah. it's like, it's still a very good beer. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, Crystal Palace. So, so it's Meg's um, brother, who's a Liverpool fan. Yes, yeah, so Gaurav is a big Liverpool fan, yeah, and uh, Abby and Meg are, they follow him as well, but Gaurav yeah. is the big one uh, in terms yeah. of the football fan. He's pledged to come on the show. Oh, uh, well, he might get his tattoo out. You won't get to see his tattoo on the uh, on the podcast, <laughs> obviously, but he maybe take a picture. Yeah, so we could do. Very we could tweet that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't even have a West Ham tattoo, but he has a giant <laughs> Liverpool tattoo on his back. And um, <laughs> it's quite yeah, serious, man, serious. Man. but um, yeah, he's pledged to come on when we eventually play Liverpool, yeah. uh, whenever that is, twenty twenty four, yes. something like that. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he's currently in hiding, not because of uh, he's currently well, but uh, because he's off. He has Monday and Sunday off, so that's why he's uh, not here. But uh, yeah, you think he's uh, he's reasonably concerned about things, but uh, mm. not not uh, not. Um, Facing the fact well, that Liverpool might not still win the title. Well, whatever happens once, uh, hopefully if everything's okay will. here and we're all okay, we'll be back here definitely. Hey, we'll look forward to once, on uh, yes. once yes. everything's back to normal-ish or whatever normal becomes afterwards. Yeah. So. There's no such thing as normal with the Albion. It's definitely our, yeah. uh, <laughs> our normal location though now, isn't it? So. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been it's a good room for it. Also, if there's any, uh, if the football doesn't sort of continue for a little while, I'm starting a new career on Football Manager. Uh, oh, Manager nice. 11 I'm going to reinstall on the laptop uh, at some point so I can let you know how I'm doing Brilliant, I'm going to yeah. West Ham's 2011 team up I, I'm reading on a, on a separate note about some of the players who were, were famous on Football Manager like Cherno yeah. Samba oh, wow. and Tonton Zola Mokoku apparently <laughs> was getting like there's a Derby nice. reserve and <laughs> yeah. end up at Real Madrid or Barcelona yeah. for one or two well, of the games well we've got an iPhone mic here can we, can we come along to the press conference yeah absolutely swaggering in yeah I was always a fan of uh, signing the likes of on um, Championship Manager Runeberg and Martin Nusson probably deserve a, a shout out. Yeah, 
shout out Bakayoko who actually did join Everton Nicholas Alexanderson also had Joe and he was a defender midfielder right right left central he could play literally everywhere apart from goalkeeper yeah and Tommy Spindle last of us oh he was a classic throwing the ground or something ridiculous Scandinavian market was particularly hot in the Teddy Lutras Teddy Lutras was quite a good one as well we really exposed the the gigs I rarely play football manager these days but in the old days I used to play Champions Manager obsessively yeah we said so. in the school holidays was permanent. It's a good age. Yeah. Part one of this podcast was saying we should settle the season by football manager. Wow, yeah. Well, Watford did that the weekend. They were playing Leicester on football yeah. manager and came back from one down with a man sent off to, uh, yeah, to draw one all. Apparently, the Albion uh, journalist Andy Naylor, who is now on the Athletic, was uh, they, they were doing a match. Uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Like, oh, he's just missed that chance. And it was all just fictional. Fantastic, yeah. I mean, to be honest, saying I'll be the miss that chance probably isn't fictional. <laughs> That's pretty much oh, our season. Yeah, yeah. It's brutal, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, get over, yeah. Looking we can say that, though. Yeah, yeah. If he said it would be rude, but if, uh, <laughs> if we said it, it's okay. Sam, we've got your quick words about mm. the, the West Ham Bryan game, the 3 all. You didn't go to the game. No, you? I was um, in with West Ham fans, two of which have season tickets, in Valencia, watching it in Valencia. It's really a little weekend break, some old school Essex friends. So we were all in London now. But um, yes, we were in Valencia watching that, and uh, we found a pub. We were obviously classically seeking out the Irish pubs to see if they were showing it. And we couldn't actually find anywhere they were showing the game. They're showing other games, and the Six Nations on as well. But we, uh, my mate had a very good stream, uh, so we could watch on his small iPhone the West Ham Brian game. We got, uh, we obviously a few beverages in, and we got somewhat confident at 3-1 up, which is rare for a West Ham fan, and also <laughs> bad news, because uh, after half-time, the, uh, the stream stopped working, and when we checked our phones, it was 3-2, and then obviously, the, when the stream did start working, it was a mass panic, and then you guys equalised, and then you, you tore us apart, to be honest. Yeah, we were lucky to be, uh, you were, we, were, we basically needed the game to finish to get the points, so um, mm. we started the game well, but yeah, you were, you were on the ascendancy, no doubt. Yeah, we were grateful first half. Yeah, but second half, you should have won, yeah, he could have easily won that game, it was, it was a, remar- a remarkable game, but yeah, we got comfortable, we'd never get comfortable as a West Ham. Well, wasn't that, those two, three all draws where I easily could have thought it'd be in a nil-nil-12, because all the yeah. goals were weird, or deflections, oh, yeah. or... Defensive mistakes. Yeah. You can easily imagine it being a nil-nil draw as well and being yeah. asked to match today. I don't want to name West Ham names as I'm always positive, but there were a couple of bad <laughs> mistakes in the, in, in the... Well, I mean, like your back three between them, I think, pretty yeah. much in the second goal. But... They've all had very good moments at points of season in previous seasons, but yeah, that was a, that was a bad yeah. couple of uh, real bad goals. But um, yeah, no, in the end, we took the point. <laughs> yeah, we really needed it. And uh, yeah, but we still had a good time, don't yeah. well, And then we, 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 we forgot to mark at a free kick for the first, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Just didn't, we just stood still while... Uh, Mm. You, your yeah. guys all beat the offside trap and then the second tier we kind of dived in a bit too late and desperately and ended up yeah. protecting it in it's like, so yeah it's one of those games where you feel it could have easily been 0-0 but yeah. you know it's 3-0 which is ridiculous and but. to be honest the funny thing is either if I'd lost that game or if we'd have lost that game obviously we would be in the bottom three now you would still be out of it if, you, if you'd lost that game only just you. yeah uh, we might have been a team yeah. vulnerable to Villa though I think possibly if they won their game yeah yeah Avoid the season, everybody. Avoid yeah. the season. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be safe. Um, I know, I know. I don't. I feel. I feel like to, to to sort of support football generally. I don't know if we can do that, but uh, but uh, yeah, the, the biggest thing for us as a West Ham was staying up for a long while now. Um, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Even if we have to play out on Chapman, hopefully we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Final point on the West Ham front. Mm. You said you're from Essex. Yes. Where, whereabouts, by the way? So I grew up in Shenfield, Brentwood. Born in Harold Wood, which is closer to London. Hmm. So parents uh, met in Ilford, so Ilford, very yeah. close to London. 
And uh, so Bordhauer grew up in Sheffield, Brentwood. Now they live in Colchester near. Uh, oh, yeah. They live in Mersey Island near yeah. Colchester. My dad goes to Colchester a lot. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, a lot of West Ham fans in. A couple of things on that. My dad's from Milford. Oh wow! So interesting. Technically yeah. from Milford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. And secondly, yeah. that was a big thing, isn't it, for West Ham? A lot yeah. of the support is from Essex. Yeah. yeah. Is that migrational support, or is that the fan base was from Essex anyway, no, as I, well as? Uh, yeah, I think a good mix. So you still have a lot of Londoners, no doubt, but definitely probably my yeah. As people have got older, then they move out of the city. And, but uh, uh, a lot of Essex folk would go to West Ham rather than Colchester or yeah. City or whatever. Well, I think um, my dad goes to Colchester a lot now, actually, a lot more than he does to West Ham. But uh, he is a West Ham first and foremost. But I think yeah, moving further out and going to a more local team, people do. Yeah. So yeah. while you're, you're losing fans, so even if you're a West Ham fan growing up, hmm. you might go. I used to go to Billericay a lot. So yeah. I don't go to Bidderiki much at all now, but uh, so I've moved in, I go to West Ham, you know, I've gone to West Ham a lot more in the last sort of, 10, 15 years, but yeah, earlier on, but then people who move out go to Bidderiki more yeah. and go I to... Think I've seen Bidderiki a couple of times this season, at Dulwich and at Dartford, yeah. but I've been around to a, a few. football geek, by the way, just yeah. in case wondering. Yeah. yeah, well, Dulwich, I mean, Dulwich, I live in Oval, so Dulwich is yeah. my uh, local, local team. Yeah, my dad wanted to do that for a while because he did beers and just cut it. Yeah, really good, yeah, good, really good. Like, yeah. Dulwich, I mean, yeah. 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 we went there, it was over 2,000. Amazing, yeah. And I think this weekend they, because I had something to check, I needed some football to check, so they were 1 0 down about, I think, 60 minutes oh. ago. They got a 2 1 victory hmm. against Hemel Hempstead, so uh, yeah. yeah, big result because they're in a relegation zone, but obviously that's now being postponed yeah. as well. So uh, I think really yeah, they've dropped massively because they were. I think I saw them at Dartford and they yeah. were above Dartford, and Dartford are now top yeah. six. Yeah, and Billericke Billericke were, have dropped uh, the, the, the verge of the relegation zone. Yeah, zones. they're all both fighting. Billericke, yeah. I think, are managed by um, Bradley Quinton, is it? They had a, they had a lot of investment, and it was a former Enfield manager, which right. is my local team oh, now. Wow. Not originally, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they learned some investment, but quickly came and went. And uh, they said, I think they signed Kucheski. Yeah, and they had a lot of kind of big names. And Jake Robinson. Jake Robinson and, and Doug Loft as well. Yeah, they had a few players. All you need is Loft. I might be wrong with Kucheski, but definitely had Jermaine. No, they did. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they had um, O'Hara as well, didn't they? Yeah, now that's right. Now they're, yeah. now they're manager, isn't he? No, he's not Welling. Oh, did he quit at Billericke then? Because he was Billericke, wasn't he? He was being interviewed on He came on when I saw Billericke at Dartford in November. November. Yeah, he yeah. came on late on and looked slightly overweight. <laughs> hmm. like, well, I mean, it's <laughs> not that I'm not, but I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he was one of the ones who got heckled by uh, Wolves and Albion fans when he when they played us in that last game when they went down and uh, you know you're in, basically abusing the kind of players who are terrible. I like it when really fat guys abuse people for being fat on pitch. <laughs> my favourite. <laughs> yeah, but Jim Hart, I'm trying to, he was playing for Portsmouth, didn't he? For yeah, Tottenham, he was yeah, a bit. Wolves, he remember for, but yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. that's where he kind of fell out with the fans and had major issues. And oh. there were a group of five or six of them who had like loads, that were paid like absolute tons yes, of money. Yeah, yeah. And they came to us last game of the season when they went down, when we got to the playoffs already. And we were singing, we were singing abuse at them as well as they were as well. So. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Christ, I need to give that to Billy Rick again, but obviously, <laughs> yeah. So I've not been to it's all going to be online playing football manager, but yeah. uh, hopefully... Uh, it's the National yeah. League's now stopped till the 3rd of April. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it's, I imagine it can't and maybe, be. Maybe things will change and we'll be uh, surprisingly coming up earlier, but it seems it's higher. I can't right, believe it's going to be uh, surprised if yeah, worse, yeah. I think, of anything by 3rd of April. I just said to some friends when. downstairs, maybe the, the weather will change and the sunshine will come in, all of a sudden it kills the virus, which is highly, again, unlikely. Yeah. But so you never know. Warm weather does do a lot sometimes, but... The football season will be back on, but um, yeah. yeah, some challenges yeah. for a lot of people. I'm taking the view that lots of beer is going to kill it. 
Yes, for for the evening when you're drinking the beers, and then the morning is a bit of a struggle. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly an option. Or a healthy red wine, of course. Yeah, yeah, I'll take we do a nice drop of red wine. Yeah. Here, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, you very on. much for having us. So yeah, yeah, back yeah. on when when the Albion finally get back to action, yeah, yeah. and West Ham finally get back to action. Yeah, yeah. And maybe next season we're playing you guys yeah, yeah. in the Premier League. Hopefully, yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you yeah, for coming on. on. Very good. I will shake your hand. We'll do the old yeah, four on thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then sneeze into it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I've done that already. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure to have a chat. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, look forward to uh, talking more. Cheers. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Cheers, cheers, cheers. All the best. And we love your pub. Good, good to hear. Gladstone Arms, it's great, guys. Yeah, great beer. Oh, I don't know, are you ready, Peter? Not really, I'm but. Not oh, shit, you just pressed record. Oh, if I, oh damn, I was going <laughs> to go to the loo. Never mind, <laughs> I'll just do it where I'm sitting. No worries. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, Peter, we just had Sam on, didn't we? Wasn't he great? He was. I was like, always interested about the fans, about the clubs on, and he's been great as well. The times we've been here, we don't enjoy chatting about football with him yeah. before. So, not a big fan of a lot of West Ham fans, but he's a top fella. He reinstates my faith in West Ham as a club. I've got to say, I'm sure Super. Karen Brady and uh, David Sullivan are glad about that. Absolutely. <laughs> Staunch West Ham fans themselves, of course. There we go. I'm sure they're glad about your <laughs> our opinions of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can tell, we, we had a spontaneous second part there with Sam, West Ham fan, who's part of the staff here at Gladstone Arms. Fantastic pub, isn't it, Peter? It is. Oh, yeah. I would highly recommend it to anyone, oh, especially so Hepcat, which we're back on tonight. Oh, it's, it's just it's the dream, isn't it? It's it's, the dream. It's, I'm even tempted to go to Crystal Palace territory to go and like, go to the brewery. Right, Which is saying a lot. Should we do that for the next podcast? <laughs> um, part three, which was going to originally be part two, was to summarise a few other factors. It's so now a podcast of three halves. It's a, it's a podcast of three halves, and the lads played well. It could have gone yeah. either way. Uh, Just didn't, couldn't score. <laughs> I'm thinking of doing a cliche of the week podcast. We may come to that in a moment. In the meantime, European matters, as, as well as all the other shitstorm that's going on, there's also the matter of Champions League, Europa League. They're halfway through some of the last 16 games. Other ones have been resolved. That's a bit of a mess to start with, isn't it? There's been one suggestion online. I don't know what you think about this. Um, apparently, certain quarters, the suggestion has been made that they complete the last 16 ties when they can, have a one-legged quarter-final as a neutral ground, I presume, and then host a one-legged semi-final plus the final in the respective finals venue cities. So where the Champions League and Europa League finals were due to take place, they have a mini-tournament, which is the two semi-finals, followed presumably three or four days later by the final. Is that an option? <laughs> I think none of us know, really, frankly, hmm. in all honesty. I just don't know enough about... You know, if if we're out until May, that's an option. I think probably. If, if we're if we're out until. Would you fancy it if, if it was functional to do it fairly soon? And I'm not sure I'm allowed to play. I'm I'm not registered into the squads, but. That's all right. I'll, I'll come on for you. That's all right. Um, but in terms of, I, I mean, frankly, the Champions League is the least of my worries. I think Premier League is a lot more of my concern at the moment. But that's and in been, football generally. It's been relegated to part but, three of the podcast. That's right. <laughs> I would say it's unsatisfactory, probably better than not having anyone win it. But then, what? How do you do it? So if if 
someone wins it and then but then other other leagues kind of cancel themselves it's a bit of a weird one you'd have to have a separate period of two or three weeks wouldn't you yeah they're over there for a period I mean whatever happens whatever happens there's going to have to be pre-season before the season starts I think Mm. I think everyone will agree on that I mean once it gets to the end of of April which I think it will do and there's no question obviously we're going to more and more measures here so you you can and the thing is you can't do that until all the countries the teams from each country are allowed, so I mean, it might be that one country comes out of those measures early enough that it does it, but then the other countries don't do it, and that sort of thing. And it's like relying on obviously, kind of, you know, there's still teams from Italy and Spain in Europe, that sort of thing. They're obviously in the most extreme measures now. We might be in a month's time, and we've still got City in Europe and Wolves mm. and um, Chelsea, you know, so it's yeah, difficult. Not Chelsea, um, well, technically, Chelsea, yes, actually, no, but but yeah, they're not really in Europe, are they? They're three nil down. I was thinking of Man U, sorry, we were instead of the Europa League, yeah. Um, moving swiftly on, going to come to a couple of other points and a few bits of other news. Before I do so, I just remembered I was going to give you a quick quiz poser. I've stolen this one, I have to say, from the Renf quiz. So if you've been at the Renf quiz, you will probably know the answer to this already. Peter, we did the quiz. You were irritated to only draw with Josh 11 out of 15 last week. I was really irritated because I got 30 in the other one and I was quite pleased yeah. with myself. And then... Yeah. Dropped and then did so well in the first ten, and then like kind of dropped. And I'm, I'm also not the least bit competitive, obviously. You know? <laughs> no, clearly not. And I, I'm wondering if I should give you a bonus point if you get this right on the first question. I think you should. Well, might do because you. I think your "Who Am I?" quiz was tougher than Josh's. I think it's hard to tell. Anyway, let's see. Let's see if you get this right. Who is Brighton's all-time League Cup record scorer? <laughs> You've got one guess. You can do it now, or you can have a think about it and come back to it later. I think about it and come back later. Okay, there we go. Keep that on pause. If anybody out there is listening to this and they know the answer, ah, we can't hear you. We we can't hear what you're saying. Sorry. What? Sorry. Sorry. Speak up. I'm sure. No, I misheard it. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, (laughs) did you say? Did you say Peter Smith? Sorry, that's not. That's wrong. (laughs) We'll come back to that anyway in a moment, uh, whether you know the answer or not. In the meantime, Mr. Paul Barber, Esquire. Our chief executive, one of the highest paid chief execs in the country. People may criticise that, but I think he's been brilliant for us. He popped up on Football Focus in what was clearly an ad-libbed, adjusted um, schedule to what was... I assume though he was invited, it wasn't just to, like kind of turn up at the studio and they were like, OK, well, I'll have him on. I think he forced his way through the door, to be honest. Now, even though he was at uh, the Albion's training complex in Lansing. Nonetheless, yeah. now he, I mean, it was a shorter programme, 30 minutes... He had over 10 minutes of the programme. He had literally about 33% of football focus. And it was him with Dan Walker, good old Sussex boy from Crawley. And I can't remember who the uh, guests were. Anyway, he was talking about the Albion, our perspective on things, uh, all the other stuff. He came across pretty well as always. He's a workaholic. He's a great guy. He's, um, I think he's a man who's in touch with all sorts of matters. Um, he was talking about food donations. Apparently, all the the food that had already been ordered in for the corporate and also specialist counters at the uh, the normal concourse areas have been donated to the homeless, which is brilliant. Um, they've also announced that they are paying match day staff, regardless of whether any more games take place during this season, uh, as it were. Um, commendable, pretty good. good commendable. Day. I mean. 
I'm shocked that I didn't see more from Premier League clubs. Today. I only saw about two or three at the yeah, weekend I mean, with the food thing. Food Villa did it. I think Newcastle did as well. Yeah, and, um, and Fulham. That's not Premier. But Prem- but yeah, yeah, of the Premier League teams, I only saw three highlight this. Now it might be they've all done it and they've just not chosen to highlight it. But I think it's uh, in a way it's one of those things you should highlight to make it clear that other people should do the same as well. Yeah. But uh, money-wise, I think it's, they were the only club from what I read earlier that have done that, which is pretty shocking, yeah. really. I mean, it's. To be honest, Premier League clubs earn so much. I understand if it's not Accrington Stanley, sorry to keep mentioning them, or someone in the lower leagues like that or whatever, or Cheltenham or Morecambe, I can understand that yeah, maybe they're struggling a bit and they can't do that. But when the money the Premier League clubs get, if they can't afford to pay ground staff, whatever, or not ground, but sort of um, yeah, people who are maybe part-time, who work on match days for five, six games remaining, then they shouldn't be a Premier League club, really, to be honest. They've not got the money to do that, and they should be looking into, like, kind of... Yeah, the money is so incidental compared to what you actually yeah, earn. These are students, so maybe some minimum minimum wage, normal workers. Yeah. There's people topping up their pensions, that sort of thing. Um, I thought Paul came across really well on the programme. Mm. He always does anyway. I mean, every, every, without this, yeah, and he's sort of stuck of it's like, we obviously are, aren't linked to the club in any way, but yeah, every time I see him on TV and I hear it, him speaking, that sort of thing, I think it was like really good. Same with Tony Bloom, obviously, and... And, and most of the people I see from the Albion Cup speaking, I, I think how good, yeah, how great yeah. it is they represent okay. our club. The same when I see Steve London as well. He's been really good. Yeah, I mean, at the, uh, the risk of arch sycophancy, I, I, I'm really, really proud whenever I hear yeah. the likes of Paul Barber and Tony Bloom talking publicly. Yeah. They just protect the club in a good light. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised we're the only club in the Premier League as it stands. I'm surprised we're the only club, but I'm not surprised there was only one club that we are the one who's doing it. Yeah, yeah. And he really is a top man. I happen to have discovered in recent weeks that I know somebody who's married to his wife's best mate. And, um, well, to put it bluntly, he's a workaholic. That's, that's, that's the general impression. He's a seven days a week man. And fair play to him. He, I know he gets paid well, but he really does work for his money. Uh, you can argue whether he gets paid too much, whether anybody gets paid too much for their jobs. But he's, he's getting paid what he considers the going rate, and he really invests. I think I mean, time and money in, in a world where players get paid so much, paying people like managers and uh, chief executives that sort of thing that much money... You know, it's, when I work in the charity sector, there's a lot of criticism sometimes of how much charity chief uh, sectors get paid. But the reality is, if you want someone to do a good job, you need to pay the going rate for a good person. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's, a, it's all very well to say, well, that's not going to work. But actually, if someone brings, you know, experience and logic to a charity or to a football club or anything like that, and actually kind of like can improve them as, a, as an organisation, yeah. then it makes complete sense to pay them a kind of a bit more. And, Absolutely. you know, kind of, and people, people think both with football and charity, I think, probably, that they, that they support, that they should be paid almost peanuts or whatever, that sort of thing, because they should love the club or love the charity. But the world does not work like that, and you need people to lead, both of those organisations, need people to lead them strongly, that sort of thing, and you, without paying the money that people will get, you end up with people who aren't good enough. Absolutely. Um, I've met him a few times, I've had the pleasure to meet him uh, a couple of times at fans forums afterwards, when you can chat to the crowds. I've, I've had a chance to chat to him. He's come to Seagulls over London, of which we are yeah. sponsored by, of course. And he's um, been really good both uh, two or three times he's yeah, been there. Yeah, he's been, been three been times there. now. He's been, he's been excellent. Valley. Really, really nice guy. Very, very amenable. He's very much, I mean, people accuse him of not being a football guy, but he's very much a football man as well. It's not like he's some sort of corporate who's been brought in. No, he's, no, no. He's a, he's a massive fan, football yeah. fan. And he's kind of, an awful yeah. like you, you've always been, and I've more recently been. 
Uh, he's a, t a Spurs fan, but he's very much invested yeah. in the Albion. Uh, he knows his stuff. He read Build a Bonfire as soon as he was getting the job. He wanted to know about the background. He wanted yeah. to know the details. He wanted to know how the, how the club ticked, how the fans ticked. He wanted to know those details. And I'm absolutely proud to have him as chief executive. Yeah. I know this sounds pretty um, gushing, but I, I'm actually... But I think when you... But, uh, there are, I mean, football chairman, chief executives, that's what you get a lot of stick, but... It also does make you appreciate we've had the work among the one of the worst owners ever. Yeah, yeah. I think probably. I mean, it's. I don't think you can ever describe anything other than Archer and Stanley as almost the worst football club owners ever. I mean, obviously Berry probably would have an example, example have an argument, but certainly they were up there. They sold our ground. They stole the money. Well, yeah, I mean, I, they I mean, say not stole the money. They took all the money and invested it in the club at all. And they, yeah, their behaviour is frankly disgraceful. So I mean, when you have that sort of situation. You then appreciate the good owners like Tony Bloom. Like to be fair, although he had less money, Dick Knight as well was mm. you know, a massive fan of Albion. He's been at Sigurdsson as well. He was brilliant. You know, it's kind of, you appreciate more what those sort of people bring to the club. Yeah, I mean Archer, Stanley, Bellotti. Um, I'm going to be diplomatic here. Um, absolute scum, complete scum. That that was me being diplomatic. Just thought I'd throw that yeah. in there. But no, build a bonfire. <laughs> we've come a long way, but no, I do appreciate where Paul Bart was coming from. Yes, he's an outsider, inverted commas. He's not from the from the area. Yeah. He's not an Albion fan through and through. But I do believe it come, it, it, it goes with players. It goes with general staff. It goes with major staff like Paul. If you come into the club, you tend to fall in love with it. Yeah. That seems to be the impression I'm getting. From and there's also a strong saying. argument with any sort of thing that you're better off as a non-fan anyway. Yeah. You see things differently. Fans want certain things, want certain things, yeah. have historic kind of background to kind of yeah. thinking certain things. If you come in completely cold, but also then kind of connect yeah. with the club, this guy you're better be, off. Yeah, he's got to be practical. He's got to be on the ball. He's, got he's to not be... paid to make emotional decisions. Tony Bloom pays him exactly. because Tony Bloom has the emotional connection in yeah. a way. Tony Bloom pays him to make the non-emotional decisions that are not, you know, kind of like connected with the club's past, that sort of thing, and kind of... Absolutely spot on. And, and Paul's been with us for a few years now. So, you know, he, he's, his family has got a fairly young family, I think, growing up maybe secondary school, I think, when he moved here, that sort of age. But anyway, he's, he's got family who's now integrated into the local yeah. culture. So he, he gets it. He knows what it's all about. And fair play to him. Uh, one other matter... On I mean, it shows how much, A, he likes the job, and B, that we want him, that we've, and we've supposedly kind of, like, kind of increased his contract when he yeah, was well, linked with moves away, and he wanted to stay as well. We've also given him this vice-chairmanship, right, yeah. we? which, which is was connected allegedly with the... Being mm. moving away possibly, and he didn't want to move. But then I think isn't that a sense of um, trying to make a more more of a formal emotional ties to the club? Yeah, it's it's making a gesture, isn't it? A very distinct gesture. Tony Bloom there, he's, he's saying. So England, he was linked with at one point as well, was it? Or there was some job in England or something like that that he was at one point. Yeah. Um, was it when when yeah, um, was it almost a bit of Mashworth left? Was it sort of linked to that almost, or yeah, something like that? And he was linked with some sort of role with England, and we gave him that job partly because of... Yeah, but from meeting him, I get the impression he's quite comfortable in the job. Yeah. He's quite relaxed. And, and he is well paid, for, I mean, for all the fact well we're, saying, we're not we're, we're defending it, and I, I agree with it, but he is well paid. And you know, if you have a job that you like, that you're well paid in, that you're happy with, why would you leave? I mean, in a way, it's like... And if he's good at it, good luck to him. Yeah. yeah. Especially um, while we're still a Premier League club, you know. Yeah. One of, the, one of the matter on the Brighton front, just to quickly mention it, something Paul Barber mentioned on Football Focus, 
five of the general staff uh, are in self-isolation as well. That's nothing to do with the first team squad or backroom staff. Mm. Just to let you know, though, there's five staff in general are on uh, in self-isolation. Probably nothing to do with anything particularly. It's more precautionary, but there we go. Um, other news as well. There's been a few other things quickly to go through. Mason Mount and Fred of Manchester United. What have they done wrong this week, Peter? Been out and about. Yeah. On the town, playing a bit of football. Sounds okay, doesn't it? Except when you've been put into self-isolation. Not good, is it? Not good. I think apparently Mason Mount's been chastised. He was playing football with Declan Rice, actually. Another one who's obviously breached the rules by proxy. They were playing football at some local venue in North London and got spotted. Have they? Have they broke? Has he broken it also? Because he wasn't supposed to be in isolation. Was there's no suggestion West Ham have got it? So, oh, well, Declan Rice. Yeah, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, but Mason Mount. That's was. why Mount got mentioned rather yeah. than Rice. But shouldn't all of West Ham's players now be in self-isolation? Probably now that he's done that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's pretty dark it's, all the way. Yeah, so. I mean, it's a small matter, really. Maybe, but it may not be. Maybe a bigger matter. You know, you've got to take these things seriously. You're well paid. You've, you've basically got free time off. Probably got loads of ground. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's a terrible, isn't it? Uh, it's making a mount out of a molehill, maybe. Sorry, sorry. We'll move on swiftly. Yeah, swiftly is probably <laughs> the best way to move on, yeah. Copper Libertadores. I've forgotten to look this up in advance. There was a match last week in Brazil where it kicked off big time. Four players from each side were sent off. Eight red cards. Um, the game was fulfilled. Um, I assume that means a couple of the backroom staff were amongst the red cards. No, yeah. I think it's I think it's yeah. seven's eight okay. Yeah, seven each. It yeah, was, was I think because the West Brom Sheffield United game all those years ago was three sendings off for Sheffield United and two injuries, and that's where it came, the game got called off. But it was six. Oh, okay. So I think okay. seven, as far as I'm aware, seven is allowed. So it is feasible, because I didn't get the details. It's feasible that was a seven-a-side finish. It was very late in the game. Apparently, there was a point where it looked like it might get abandoned. If you're going to believe in a seven-a-side game, game, then Argentina's probably not that surprising no, of a place to really. have it in. Not really. <laughs> kind of, they, they are quite passionate about their football overall. It was Brazil. It was in Brazil. Oh, sorry, Brazil. Yes, Brazil. But South America generally is kind of quite... Um, but um, South American football expert Tim Vickery was the man that told us about this. It was on, uh, he didn't tell of, me. Well, he should have done. Who really? To be quite frank with you. But he, he was saying in 1971, I think it was, the year of my birth, I have to, have to mention, um, there was a game where I think there was something like 19 red cards. Or That's equivalent. impressive. Um, 17 or 19, I can't remember the exact figure. All 17 slash 19 of those people ended up in jail. The game did get abandoned on that occasion. Uh, so there is a precedent for it. This wasn't as bad, but quite impressive nonetheless. Yeah. I think as a referee, I feel quite, by the time I got to about the 15th sending off, I get quite nervous because there's a lot more <laughs> of them than there are of you. Yeah, well, there is that too, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're probably a lot bigger than you as well. Quick quick matter of Simbins. I'm managing a Sunday, adult Sunday football team. We won 5 0 at the weekend, just thought I'd get that in. Um, Might be your last game for a while. Could be. Second point is, journalist Tom Williams, who I've listened to on the Toby Football Show, he is uh, involved with a team called Redmond Rovers, who are rivals to my team, Finchley Hibernia. I have to think about that for a minute. <laughs> if you knew his team better than your seemingly, he's going to get a move. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's a good lad. I was chatting with him a couple of weeks ago. Really nice guy. 
Uh, do you talk with everyone? I do chat with everyone. I've got a bit of a reputation, Peter, <laughs> haven't I? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we're still playing. Sunday football games are still going on for now. So I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, last two boy- points are podcasts. Well, we're going to carry on with these, aren't we? Can I ask a question? What was the sin bin link? Oh, yes, I didn't finish it, did I? Yeah. Um, you kind of moved away from your point. We, 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 I, I, I think sim bins are a very good idea. I think they're a good idea. They've been adopted quite heavily in the Sunday mm-hmm. League, which is why I was trying to mention it before I forgot to. Um, <laughs> we had our, We're on our fourth pint now or something, aren't we? So. <laughs> exactly, this deterioration moment. Um, our goalkeeper, from the first two or three seasons that I've been manager, has been injured quite a lot recently. He's coming back in, we've had a guy in for a few weeks, he's been doing well. So the guy who's coming back into fitness has been playing outfield. He came on a couple of weeks ago, uh, got into a dispute with the referee. Uh, he called him the C word, and I don't mean coronavirus, uh, and still remained on the pitch but got simbined. There's been quite a few simbinnings going on in the uh, Sunday league circuit. I think it works quite well, you know. I think it's been very good. It's tempered people down. It's it had the exact effect that I think it was intended to have. Um, I'm all for it. Just saying. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I think there's situations where, for example, the pro- professional fouls in the you know inverted commas where someone's breaking on the halfway line and player takes them out. Hmm. A five minute sin bin actually works quite well because you're off the pitch. But because I mean, in those situations you give a you get a booking, you give away a free kick, hmm. but you don't actually get really punished for it. And you, do you get it registered as one of your yellow cards? You don't, do you? I presume. Because it's, it's a temporary in-house thing, isn't it? So in terms of, say, dunks on nine yellows, if you'd have had a couple of those with sin bins, for example... Well, I'm, I'm assuming sin bins a referee thing rather than a kind of... Yeah. Yeah. So you would, I think, probably. probably get it towards something, maybe even two towards a, a ban or something like that. But I think that's fair enough. I think I just think there's situations where a, yellow, a red card's harsh and you couldn't give it, but... A yellow card feels not enough for something. You've basically stopped a team having a really strong counter-attack. Mm, yeah. um, and similarly, I think there should be... I wonder whether when you're trying, you dive across the line and take and handball it to block the goal, you go a penalty goal, like in rugby. Yeah. You, know, you get a penalty try, you get a penalty goal. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that could be a thing. A um, couple of other things. Albion Raw, um, on two matters. I've been linking up with the boys, having a few beers with them recently. All been good value. They've had a really good show on last week. They had Kieran Maguire, a uh, football finance expert, and they've had uh, Paul Barber on immediately after his football focus interview, in fact. So that was, that was a good listen. Check that out. They were supposed to be our guests on the 25th of March. You're going to guess the next bit. <laughs> Unfortunately, and, and members should know this already, we've had to cancel. We just thought we'd formally mention that on the podcast as well, just in case anybody was coming along and hadn't heard, but unfortunately, yeah. due to coronavirus, you bastard, we've had to cancel the uh, the evening with and, the Albion Royals. And Bars. sadly, it was too late to cancel the Arsenal in the program this weekend. So if you were if you got it in your program before the ten and went against Arsenal, then uh, we apologise, <laughs> and that's not true now. Yeah, yeah, but we are obviously we're trying to get them back on as soon as we can. They were very understanding of the situation, uh, thankfully. So thanks to you guys, um, but we will get you on. So when we do, we'll be making further announcements on that matter. So there's no meeting in general for Seagulls over London for March. The next one is due in May. I don't think we've got confirmation of who at the moment have we been. No, but it's... Uh, but stay tuned. I mean, or, or anyone. I mean, who knows where we'll be in yeah. May. 
if there is one at all. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned for further details on that. The other, the other matter, the final matter, well, two matters actually. The quiz. Uh, who is our all-time League Cup scorer? I mean, I, I don't know, so I'm going to go for the one of the obvious ones and go Peter Ward. Oh, <laughs> you've got it. You've got it right. Do, well, no, uh, do we? No, that's not. We can't fist bump. Can we fist bump? Or, or can we do forearms? I think forearms. Our, our, Let's forearm it. Yes. Our, uh, our best yes. run was in that sort of period of time. Exactly, so yeah. That's what our Sunday leaguers are doing, forearming it. It's brilliant stuff. We don't, Albion have like, avoided it by not scoring in the coronavirus time, so it's fine. Well, I think if you two are matched at the top of the table at the end of the season, I think you've edged it now. Unless, unless Josh can answer a really tricky playoff question. I mean, it was. It, I, I kind of just took the view of, um, you know, I could go for a random player, but actually it seemed really obvious. And it was, yeah. yeah. It could have been something else, but it wasn't. <laughs> so there we go. Congratulations. <laughs> you should be a quiz host. <laughs> you could have been the right answer, but it wasn't. I might host a podcast or something. I don't know. Would that work? No, I think that would be that terrible. Would be awful, wouldn't it? I think you'd be dreadful we'll at that. Just ramble on it. We don't want it for too long. <laughs> too many beers. <laughs> yeah, it's no focus at all. So, speaking of podcasts... Football unfocused. <laughs> oh, I, I think we can call it that, can't we? Football Unfocused, that could be our next episode. Right, podcast plans. Well, we may be moving into a lockdown period. We're not sure if we can meet up for pubs anymore. If we can, we will, because we just override beer over our own personal safety and that of our loved ones. We basically just value the, our audience more than our own safety. Absolutely. We're doing yeah. it for you guys out We'll do it in a secret venue in the middle of nowhere just to try and, <laughs> just to keep you occupied in, yeah. during those difficult times. 65 bottles yeah. of beer each in some farmhouse in Somerset. That'll do. A bit like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, people who kind of kept radio going at some you know, key points during history, that sort of thing. We'll be like the kind of like pioneers just standing in some random shack <laughs> under a bridge doing kind of like a podcast. So there we go. That's how much we value all, all of you. We, we very much value you. So on that matter, if you have got any ideas, if you've got any notions, any questions you want to throw to us, keep them to yourself. We don't want to hear it. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> You can you can contact us. We're going to be looking for ideas. Just, to, st just to start you off, we have thoughts. So, so our thoughts so far are starting people play, Brighton players, a team of Brighton players, starting whose name first name is either Russell or Peter. That's one option. Or, so uh, yeah, some obvious yeah. ones there. There's loads um, of Russells, isn't there? Players starting <laughs> whose surname starts with either M or G, yeah. like us, or just kind of like trade ones. You know, if they're like butcher or baker or whatever sort of thing. Hmm. As an option, flat pot maker was pretty good, wasn't he? Up front for us, yeah. um, pretty bit in our current life, anyway. <laughs> we're also looking for we in our very first podcast. We were talking about uh, players of the decade. So if you've got any ideas on that, actually, for the ninety, I'm oh, sorry, from the twenty tens, if you've got any players you'd like to nominate, all the nineteen tens, if you want, all the nineteen tens, you have yeah. to have seen them. <laughs> you can't nominate <laughs> them if you haven't seen them. So throw that in if you've got any ideas. You can contact us by email at, let me try to remember this, brightonrockpodcast at gmail.com. Inspirational idea, wasn't it, that one? And uh, you can also tweet us, it's brightonrockpod. Uh, so at brightonrockpod or brightonrockpodcast.com. Those are the, the contact details. <laughs> Give us a shout if you want to get or don't. And don't. <laughs> I'll avoid us if you can. You can hear what we sound like, it's terrible. But if you, if you don't avoid us, then... And if you're generally thinking one of the few advantages of coronavirus to be shut up, 
We're going to prove you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what, what we're going to do, basically, we're going to meet in pubs and carry on if we can. If we can't, we'll be doing Skype calls. So Peter and I will be with you through the pain and the... And we may even try and get one or two other people on, on Skype or... Yeah, we might yeah. do conference calls. We are the pain and the agony. The, the plan will be to do one, one a week, but we might do more if we get really bored at home. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got all these ideas. We might do daily pods <laughs> if we get really bored. <laughs> Cabin fever or all that. Yeah. No, but, no, we've got ideas... We want to use the opportunity to talk about other matters, just to cheer things up a bit, to talk about the Albion in more detail. On so, do you say talk about the Albion and cheer things up? Yeah, I know that doesn't fit, does it? <laughs> but please do get in touch if you will. We're uh, staying up. We're staying. <laughs> Brighton, Brighton staying, staying up. up. Unlike me on my feet, um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we will welcome any com- any any communications that you have with us. In the meantime. This is it for the end of episode 18. Cheers, bro. Peter, cheers. We haven't had anything to drink at all. You can no. tell, can't you? Um, We've definitely not got all raw because the night's gone on. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Thank and you for joining us. and we. Uh, thank you very much. We will see you for episode 19 from an as-yet-to-be-decided venue at some point in the future. Which could be our respective rooms yeah. in our flats or homes. So there might be cats involved. There might be. If you hear purring, we can say in advance, wasn't our fault. Or it might be. Or maybe. We're really enjoying it. <laughs> anyway, all the best for everyone. Stand or fall. Up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.